Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. This podcast is brought to you by Anchor. Are you thinking about doing your own podcast but you don't know how? Well, have you heard about Anchor? It's actually the platform that I'm hosting through this right now. And yes, it's free. Not only is it free, it's super easy to use. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so much more. It's really that easy. And guess what? You can actually make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. That's a big deal. So it's really everything you need in one place to make an amazing podcast. All you have to do is download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. <laughs> this Korean guy sends us a fucking email saying like, yo, it's super disrespectful that you guys have this fucking name, this Gopher Bro thing. It belongs to, you know, the Gopher Bro Foundation, the military people. And uh-huh. I was like, you're Korean, dude. This is a Japanese thing. And we have a Japanese owner. Yeah. And this fool didn't even fucking know yeah. that we were working with the Gopher Broke Foundation. Yeah. Because he didn't care to ask. Yeah. He just sent us a fucking scathing email. Yeah. And I just remember I wrote back a super disrespectful shit. And I sent him all these links. I was like, that's fucking funny. Did you even look? In five, four, three, two, one. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Genius. Hey, didn't Brain. see you there. Yeah, that's a classic. <laughs> yeah, that's a classic move, dude. I had a um, there's a you guys don't know. Well, you should know him. He's a YouTuber friend of mine who um, <laughs> back in the day he used to start his uh, videos with his chair turned around mm-hmm. and he had a mug or something. Uh-huh. He was like, "Oh shit, guys! I didn't see you guys there." 
And then I remember during Thanksgiving, yeah. uh, I started roasting this fool. Uh-huh. I was like, yo, how the fuck do you not know they're there when you're the one who turned on the camera, you fucking dummy? <laughs> right? And then, you know, everybody's like roasting them and shit. Yeah. yeah. And I, lo and behold, I found out that he was so hurt by that shit. I was like, <laughs> you, you just have a history of hurting people, <laughs> roasting them. That's why you got that gun pointing at your dick, bro. <laughs> but it's not like I don't get roasted too. Like everybody gets roasted. You know what I mean? No, you- but it's a different kind of roasting. You know, I, look, some people are just better at roasting than others. Mm. And, uh, you know, when uh, you're the type of person who's better at roasting <laughs> some people can really be hurt by it man you know what the thing is too is like i, I just remember as a kid like one of the things that never really worked out was when, when people would roast each other there's like a certain level of a line you don't cross right mm-hmm. i always cross that line because i'm always trying to win yeah you know so it would be like some shit where somebody would make a fat joke or something yeah. like that right and i was and i would just go something i know something about them that they don't like <laughs> and i would just be like I'm gonna do that. <laughs> yeah, well, how about your stupid dead dad for dying? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh man, come on, bro. It was like uh, one time, this dude got hella mad at me, which he was understandable. But mm-hmm. his problem was that, like I said, one of the biggest things that I don't like is people who dish it but can't take it. Yeah, like if you don't want any of the heat, then stay out the fucking kitchen. Mm-hmm. You know, because you can't just free will just clown on people and then not get clapped back at oh man you you talking about that sorry to change real yeah. quick we'll come back but it may made me uh, remember what i was thinking about recently which was there's a lot of people who like to say oh i like people who are open-minded mm. but you quickly realize you're not open-minded. <laughs> open-minded at all the fuck is you talking about that's all twitter dude yeah and i'm like dude it's a fucking two-way street man yeah. you have to open your mind to be accepting of things and as a result then you can coexist with these other open-minded people and talk about things very openly but nah, bro, bro that's like the have you ever seen that girl in the group that says shit like this I'm really mature for my age. <laughs> you are the most immature person I've ever met in my fucking life. These cliche statements. I, I'm I'm a very open-minded you know why, person. You know why? Yeah. It's, I mentioned that it's a girl. And the yeah. only reason why that girl thinks like that yeah. is because a bunch of punk perverted older <laughs> oppas that wants to fuck you. Yeah. So they always tell you exactly. that you're super mature. It's exactly. like, no, because they want to fuck you. You're exactly. not mature. If you have to verbally tell people that you are more mature for your age than you yeah. actually are, yeah. most likely you're fucking not. Yeah. And usually the way they say, you know, people always say that I'm like more mature for my age, you know? You got duped because you're around <laughs> a bunch. I was like, is it also a coincidence that all your friends are a bunch of guys? Yeah. What's your DMs look like? Yeah. Show me your fucking... DMs, motherfucker. Yeah. From, the, you from the people you're getting them from. But it's 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 the exact same shit, bro. You know, like what you just said. They they they, they can dish it, but they can't take it. You I know? hate that shit, man. It's just so obnoxious. Like, yeah. But I, I do understand too, there has to be like a certain level of like don't cross that line. I just I just see that line and I'm what like line? I gotta I gotta get to what the finish. Line? <laughs> I remember this fool got mad at me because he I mean, I think he's like half joking, but he's like half for reals. But he was like making fat jokes at me, right? Whatever, mm-hmm. whatnot, which is the go-to thing when you're a fat person, right? Mm-hmm. And then I literally looked at him and then one of the things that we all knew within our group, but nobody really said it, was that his girlfriend looked exactly like his mom. Like, 
I, and so, right? Oh, man. And, and I got comments too when people say, you know, Mario looks like your mom. And uh-huh. I looked at Mario, I was like, no, not really. There's like yeah. one specific picture where she kind of looks like my mom, uh-huh. but she looks nothing no, like I her. don't think, yeah, I yeah, don't think they look alike. Absolutely not. Yeah. And so I remember I, uh, I looked at him, I was like, so how do you like fucking your mom every night? But nobody ever said that to him, but yeah. everybody knew that joke. Okay. So everybody started busting up yeah. laughing, right? I was like, how's your mom's pussy feel every night, dude? And I just kept going in on this dude yeah. right and then so his girlfriend we were at dinner and his girlfriend comes in and everybody goes oh shit <laughs> his right? mom's here right <laughs> and i was like oh mrs kim please have a seat yeah. and she's like i don't get it why are you guys laughing yeah. and this fool's getting super fucking mad he's like too far bro i was like dog we're having fucking dinner yeah. and you just start busting fat jokes on me out of right. nowhere i didn't say shit to you yeah there's no you've already went there yeah you can't do that shit because it's always easy to pick on the person that has something very easy to make fun of but it's like you do know i've been friends with you for fucking like six years yeah i know everything about you i know everything <laughs> that makes you insecure i know every i'm going to fucking murder you dude. yeah so I, we just kept making fun of him that he's like fucking his mom. And then later on, I was like, you know, I fucking broke up with her because I couldn't get the fact that, you know, she looks like my mom. I'm like, oh, man. come on, guy. Yeah. Like, that's not the reason. You guys just didn't work out. Right. I also, your it's mom's like, pussy's probably really nice, bro. It's like, come on, man. How do you not see the resemblance? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, how do you not see that? Thought, like, she looked exactly <laughs> like his mom, dude. You got to be a certain type of fucking oblivious to not see that. And be like, no. <laughs> there's something here that's oddly strange. I don't, I can't quite put my finger on it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's what it is. It's my mother. <laughs> it's my mother. <laughs> One of the homies, when we were at that dinner, this fool cracked me the fuck. I think it's so, it's such a stupid joke, but he's like, so like when you guys fuck, right? he's like, so when you guys fuck and then you're spanking or is it like you're getting back at your mom for being your ass when you're younger? <laughs> it's like revenge sex. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. oh, man. We were crying laughing, dude. Damn. And this fool was like, do you, do you say like, who's your daddy? Like in Korean or English? Do you go, Appa like, who do you say? <laughs> so, and I think their jokes were way worse than mine. Yeah. But I think because I was the onslaught of it. I just said that one thing that got him and yeah. everybody started you clowning. You opened the floodgates, man. Yeah. You opened the floodgates. But when we look back at that too, they mm. always thought that he came out of nowhere with that shit. Like, we're just eating. Yeah. Right? It's like, what yeah, the fuck? It's, it's uncalled for. Yeah. You know what I mean? But but again, like, if you do something like that, you got to be prepared. You can't roast people not being prepared to fucking have it be dished back at you. Yeah. You know what I mean? And if you can't laugh at yourself and take a joke, Shut the fuck up there. Yeah, because, dude, I have friends now, and, you know, people see it like me and Gio. We make fun of each other all the time, Mm -hmm. but we both give and take. Right. And, like, when she makes fun of me, it makes me fucking laugh super hard. (laughs) I make fun of her. She cracks the fuck up, too. We have that because she can dish it, and she can also take it. Yeah. But I just never liked those people who couldn't do it. I know. Especially because they were the first ones to attack. Unless they're all the time. Unless they're a gangster with a gun. Oh yeah. This is different. <laughs> that is different. My joke was so mild, dude. It wasn't even anything. It, yeah. it was just like Amen. I was like, guess that joke didn't hit. You know, it was like some shit like that. I don't remember the exact joke, but yeah. on the previous podcast you heard this thing. But I basically was like, hey, that joke didn't hit. And yeah. he thought, Oh, this fool thinks he's so funny. Let me put a gun to his dick. <laughs> You funny now? You funny now, you bitch? You laughing now? One of the worst experiences of my fucking life, dude. And I deleted it for a reason. I know. It's so funny. It's just like it was gone. And then 
it just came back up and you're like oh what i'm having these emotions <laughs> these flow emotions right now i was like that's right i remember i cried on the phone <laughs> How i think that's the funniest part you help me cause the check hey, hey you, you all right bro i was like <laughs> I'm not mad. I'm not. Yeah, I was like, hey man, this will try to fucking kill me, man. Like, what the fuck, man? He was like, what the fuck, bro? Oh man. I was like, nah, he wasn't gonna kill you, bro. Was like, you good, man? You Maybe just, just shoot you, but not kill you, bro. I will put a gun on me, man. I was like, oh my god, nah, dude. As a as a a teenager who's not used to that type of shit, that's terrifying. I'm Fourteen man. years old too. Yeah, I'm hella that's young. terrifying, bro. Yeah. You bit your voice barely changed. I know. You know? I was like, what is this? What your puberty went backwards but if you guys don't know um uh, one of the things that we started this year i mean you guys always hear this podcast we talk about a a secret society right yeah so this is a how long have we been doing secret society now four years damn man it's been yeah four years yeah yeah this is the fourth year you know so now we're on well, we crossed over the fourth year. We start. We launched uh, in 2017, August of 2017. So now we're into our fifth year, actually. So it's it's crazy, man. I look back at it and I'm like, oh my goodness, where did the fucking time? Well, we lost two years, pretty yeah. much. So know? technically, it's been about you know two years. Yeah, two and change. Yeah, yeah, two years and change. Yeah, I mean, it, it kind of sucks too because I think the pandemic kind of fucked a lot of us over, right? Yeah, like yeah. In, in a way that we didn't really expect. Uh, especially when it came to closing production, right? So if anybody, any, if anybody you out there, like anybody of you out there, if anybody <laughs> out there wants to do clothing, I, don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's so funny because that's what I always tell. Yeah. Like when I hear people, oh yeah, you know, I want to start my own clothing line. <laughs> nah, you don't want to do that. <laughs> you want to enjoy life, right? Yeah. You want to, you want to actually have some fun, right? Don't do it then. It's hard, right? Um, I, I, I think like the growing pains of of having a clothing company is very difficult, right? Yeah. So originally, my first go at it was with this with the company Go for, go Broke, for Broke, and there was a lot of success with it. You know, at the time. I knew nothing about clothing. And even now, I don't really know much. Mm-hmm. But I just wanted to create a brand that uh, it was like the opposite of like the cool kids, right? So yeah. all the cool kids would have these brands and they would wear shit only because people would tell them it was cool, but they didn't know what the fuck it was about. Well, you know, that that saying go for broke was is something that resonated with me forever. It's how I live my life. Yeah, I said, like, well, why don't we just kind of like try to develop something where people can uh, wear a brand that they really fuck with. They understand the meaning of it. Um, at the time when I did it, it started with me and Paul. Yeah. Paul left. Um, he uh, he gave me the rest of the company. Yeah. And then with that company, um, we I had uh, I started up with Bart and Joe. Yeah. They reinvested. They wanted uh, equal share. I was like, cool. <laughs> and then we grew it to something really, really fucking big. Yeah. Um, at the time, we couldn't do anything with it because it was too much, and we didn't know anything about clothing. Yeah. Bart just started Barbell Brigade. Um. You know, Just Kidding News just started popping off. Mm-hmm. I wanted to do uh, film and acting and everything else. Yeah. So we just were like, how the fuck? You Too much. We have like not even a part-timer. Like it yeah. was like a quarter of a quarter timer, three yeah. people trying to run this company. Right. And we couldn't run any of it. And so we had to hire out every single job and left zero fucking dollars. Yeah. And, you know, when we did make profit, everything else that we did, we ended up donating the the company, the name and whatever to the actual Gopher Broke Foundation. Right. In Little found, Tokyo, right? Yeah. I found yeah. out they didn't even have... Uh, like legal ownership rights to anything. Mm-hmm. And so we actually decided to just donate and work with them. Funny story about that too. There's a guy who uh, 
he owns a very popular dessert shop out in uh out in uh la yeah and uh he's funny he's a korean dude yeah but he's in like the little tokyo area and this motherfucker dude starts he knows he we know one of like the og like japanese dudes uh, he took over go for broke for Uh us and we were talking to him and working with him and we're like yo how can we give back to the go for broke foundation and we were working with them and everything else (laughs) this korean guy sends us a fucking email saying like yo it's super disrespectful that you guys have this fucking name this go for broke thing it belongs to you know the go for broke foundation the military people and Uh i was like you're Korean, dude. This is a Japanese thing. And we have a Japanese owner. Yeah. And this fool didn't even fucking know yeah. that we were working with the Gopher Broke Foundation. Yeah. Because he didn't care to ask. Yeah. He just sent us a fucking scathing email. Yeah. And I just remember wrote, I wrote back a super disrespectful shit. And I sent him all these links. I was like, that's fucking funny. Did you even look at all the shit of us working with Gopher Broke? <laughs> working with the foundation, yeah. the founders and the leaders and everybody. And this fool comes out and says, oh, I pause. Like, fuck you, bro. I was like, if I see you, it's on site. Yeah. I'm gonna fuck you up. <laughs> I, when you see this, when you see this hand, yeah. fucking Korean people, dude. Korean people on their stupid fucking K rage. Yeah. And I was like talking to my boy about it. He was like, yo, who's what's your guy? He goes, hey, I'm sorry, man. Like, I don't know why he even came at you like that. He didn't even talk to you. I was like, exactly. You didn't even fucking ask. Exactly. Just, I mean, if you want to fucking attack somebody, at least make sure you got the facts right. I know. You know what I mean? He could have simply said, like, hey, bro, like, I'm a part. It's like, hey, did you, are, are you guys, did you guys get the go for both blessing? because yeah. a lot of people are talking yeah so he heard from uh, some a few older japanese people that they were upset about it mm-hmm. but a majority were okay with it because they knew we were working with the gopher broke foundation mm-hmm. it's like what the fuck are you talking about guy you don't know shit <laughs> yeah you lit- we donated everything to them yeah. we had to buy the name gopherbroke.com from somebody for like 10 g's uh-huh. we donated that whole thing to them yeah we gave them all of our clothing all the money everything to them yeah. He didn't know this shit. And we were in transition of doing it because we couldn't handle it. Right. And then we get this one fucking email about him like, oh, saying, how dare we do all this other shit. I was like, you're not even Japanese, bro. Shut the fuck up. You don't know shit. Yeah. Who appointed you fucking Captain Correct? I will break your fucking kneecap. As I think I still get fucking mad about that shit. It's the most Korean thing he could have ever done. And it's just so random. Yeah. I don't even know you. Yeah. It's completely unnecessary. But if again, if you do want to like come out of point of fucking attacking somebody you can ask first make sure make sure you got the facts right and if you still feel a certain way about it then go into attack mode but angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well i absolutely love this because you know if you own a home it can be really hard to maintain it's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small well Whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. 
My lovely genius brain farts. This podcast is brought to you by Fume. Ever try to break a bad habit and felt like you're climbing Everest in flip-flops? Yeah, we've been there too. But here's a breath of fresh air. Fume. It's not about giving up. It's about switching up, baby. Fume takes your habit and simply makes it better, healthier, and a whole lot more enjoyable. What is Fume, you ask? Fume is an innovative, award-winning flavored air device that does just that. Instead of vapor, Fume uses flavored air. Instead of electronics, Fume is completely natural. And instead of harmful chemicals, Fume uses delicious flavors. You get it. Instead of bad, Fume is good. It's a habit you're free to enjoy that makes replacing your bad habit easy. I keep one in my car just because I'm a fidgety guy. And guess what? I'd be puffing on that delicious herbal tea vapor, my friends. Nothing bad for you in there. And definitely, definitely fun to use. My friends, start the year off right with the good habit by going to tryfume.com slash genius and getting the journey pack today. Fume is giving the listeners of the show 10% off when they use my code genius to help make starting the good habit that much easier. Start the good habit at tryfume.com slash genius to save 10% off the journey pack today. This episode is brought to you by sax.com. At sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda, whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com. This podcast is brought to you by ShipStation. The holidays are the most wonderful time of the year, but if you're running an online store, you know that they can get a little crazy. With ShipStation, the hassle of shipping, holiday orders just goes away, and it leaves you happier and gives you time to run your business. I use ShipStation, and what I love about it is that it's easy to use. I save money, and when it comes to shipping, and the most important thing is just the service level in general that I can give people from it reflects well on me and my business. So if you sell anything online, I don't need to tell you that shipping can be annoying and frustrating and there are so many carriers and a ton of factors that go out in figuring out the best rate for each order. Well, guess what? ShipStation makes it easy. It doesn't matter what you have. Amazon sales, eBay, Etsy, or your own website, ShipStation has your back. Make this holiday season a little brighter with ShipStation. Use my offer code GENIUSBRAIN to get a 60-day free trial, just enough time to handle the holiday rush. Just go to ShipStation.com, click on the microphone at the top, and enter code GENIUSBRAIN. ShipStation, make ship happen. You know, don't come right off the bat with that fucking it was, fighting words, man. It was fucking hilarious, too, because I remember Joe saw the email that I wrote back to yeah. him. And Joe's like, hey, I'd like to apologize for my because <laughs> I kind of went in. Yeah. You know, I'm like, dog. I'm, and in my mind, I'm like, I'm going to fuck this fool up. And they were looking at me <laughs> and they're like, oh, you're going to beat his ass. So I was like, I'm going to beat this fool's fucking ass, man. I'm going to choke you, him and slap you him. You fucking old fuck. <laughs> I will beat the fucking shit out of you, dude. You ain't a fucking... Listen, I'm not a gangster. You definitely not a gangster, bro. Like, did you ever have a fucking gun next to your dick because you cracked a joke next to somebody? <laughs> Bitch, you ain't live my life, dog. You got credentials, bro. <laughs> I got gangster credentials now. I cried to my homie. The fuck do you know? It was the most disrespectful shit, dude. But from that, anyways, from that, like we decided to start up a uh, uh, secret society. Yeah, mainly him, and then I, I came in as an investor. Um, one of the hardest things when it comes to like doing clothing too, and we were just talking about it. I'm not going to call out any clothing companies' right, names or something, right. but you know, out of support, you know, and these are brands that I really like, and I like the people behind it and their model, and I, I fuck with it. So I order the clothes, I get the stuff. It's like, damn, this shit is a fucking triple A T-shirt. Yeah. 
It is, and if you guys don't know what AAA t-shirts are or Gildan t-shirts, by the way, uh, back in the day, if you guys used to go to swap meets or if you go to swap meets now, you'll see typically it's like Korean or Chinese people. Yeah. They have these stacks of just blank tees. And so back in the day, we used to just wear long white tees. Yeah. Uh, long, just blanks with just nothing on it and shaved heads. <laughs> and they were always AAA shirts. Yeah. And AAA shirts are cheap as fuck. I'm talking about at the swap meet, it was uh, like three for $5. Yeah. Those type, that type of cheap. Very scratchy fabric. It's the scratchiest <laughs> fucking fabric on earth. You're like, why my neck fucking itch all the time, man? And you know, like when, you know, like when you would buy that shirt and then you would wash it and turn it into a halter top? <laughs> Those are the AAA shirts. Yeah. And so nowadays with a lot of like clothing companies and brands, they're starting to realize that their name is bigger than the actual product that they actually put out yeah and so you know i i just bought a bunch of stuff on black friday got it and it's a triple a shirt and you know to be honest with you lightweight kind of pissed me off yeah i just even on sale i just paid like fucking 30 40 bucks for this shirt mm-hmm. for a shirt that i know that when you process this and you make it it probably costs you like 10 cents yeah and then i just paid 40 dollars <laughs> for it it's like for what what the fuck is this shit about yeah and I think like when it comes to people who want to make clothing and, and, and you know, all these like fashion brands that kind of develop off of the name versus actually caring about the product, this is what you get. Yeah. When I was in Japan, I remember uh, I went to uh, in Tokyo, the Supreme store, mm-hmm. picked up the shirt and it didn't even have the Supreme tag on it. Like it, all of them did. And I had there was a mistake on one of them and it yeah. said Gildan. Yeah. The shirt was 120 bucks. Right. A Gildan T-shirt. Right. A five cent T-shirt, and they're charging a hundred and twenty dollars. But that's for what it. hype does, though. You know what I mean? I mean, you know, kudos to like the core founders of uh, Supreme and the marketing that they did for it. Whatever it was, because I, I don't know the intricate details behind it. Whatever they did, it worked. I think so. The Supreme story is that they were originally a skate brand, right? Right, and so they did something where they actually got a cease and desist. And so people only know about the recent onslaught of this where Supreme did a collab with, um, was it Gucci or Louis? Louis. Uh, they did it with everybody. With everybody. But who did it start with? It started with like Louis, right? They've done a Louis collab. Yeah. Yeah. So they started doing this collab where they were doing it with um, high-end brands. Well, they actually did that previously before without that brand's consent. Mm. And I think it was Louis Vuitton. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh, you guys can look it up. Um, they got sued. Yeah. They did a cease and desist because it actually started becoming really popular. So they were putting that monogram yeah, yeah. It was the on Louis, the box. The Louis monogram yeah. and everything with the Supreme theme on yeah. their skateboards. And yeah. it blew them the fuck up. It made them from like a nobody skateboard that kind of people knew about. And it blew them the fuck up. They had a cease and desist and they fucking sued them. And then I think they won off of like a parody clause or something like that. Well, from that point on, it already grew their fucking name. Mm. So they were the first ones to kind of bring in the whole you know, streetwear and luxury and mash it together. Mm-hmm. Well, lo and behold, a few years back, they did a legit collab with fucking Louis. Yeah. Right? And so that was the onslaught of the original part that where they actually got a cease and desist and got sued. Yeah. And so that's like how they kind of blew up. I mean, yeah, you can get notoriety from a pure accident like that, you mm-hmm. know? Uh, whatever the case is, yeah, you need that luck and timing to hit and um, doesn't necessarily represent like the quality of the shit that they're making. It just sometimes it, it can be something simple as a celebrity being caught wearing something, right? And then overnight, it just blows the fuck up because everybody now is look, Googling that brand to be like, 
how can I get that hat or how can I get that tee? You remember right? a D9? Yeah, yeah. With Con- the paparazzi who was wearing it, Kanye's like, yo, that's a dope hoodie. Where'd you get it from? Sold out their whole stock in one day. Yeah. They sold out their whole website in a single fucking day. Yeah. That's what that's what I'm saying. It, it, like, even if that is a manufactured incident, like mm-hmm. it, it, they plan that. Even still, it's just one of those things that creates the hype machine. And once the hype's behind it, it's pretty much like open season, man. And yeah. it, you know, as a as a creator, it does kind of kill me inside when I see like our peers. I guess. The quality that they're doing. Look, there's nothing <clears throat> wrong with using blanks. Absolutely nothing. Yeah. Startup brands need to do it. We've done it with our capsule collections. But here's the difference. is like they're, now we're at a place where there's so many blanks available. If you're of a certain stature, certain brand, uh, that's at a level where it's like you guys are doing relatively well and you have good brand awareness, there's no excuse absolutely no excuse to cheap out and get like bottom of the barrel blanks. Yeah. You can get some nice premium blanks and have your brand be represented in a certain light, right? Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, we make quality shit. Whether we cut and sew it from the ground up or we use blanks, whatever the case is, it's going to be quality and it's going to be consistent across the board, you know? But like you said, there are these established brands who for one reason or another are using not such great quality shit and i know that some of the high-end brands like high-end streetwear brands again i'm not going to name anybody either that do that as well and people gladly pay fucking 150 dollars 200 dollars for a t-shirt and they have no clue that they're buying a blank and it's like how do you well so that's justified because of the name value right because this is the brand and we're at this level now so whatever we slap our fucking shit on now it's instantly worth this much. Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, if you know that and you're okay with spending $150, $200, then I can't say anything. That's your money. You spend it how you want to spend it. But also, I feel like people should be a little bit more educated on what it is that they're buying. (coughs) Oh, 100%. And I think one of the things that we worked on um, on uh, the Back to Basics a release that we recently did is yeah. a lot of people don't know, but you will know when you receive the product is everything was made domestic. Yeah. And I don't know if you guys understand what that entails. It's when you hear somebody makes all their clothing domestic, number one, the biggest reason why you don't hear that a lot and it's made in Bangladesh, Indonesia, um, China. Yeah. It's because it's cheaper. Yeah. It's it's cheaper, but here's the thing. So here's the trade-off, right? Is just because it's made overseas doesn't mean it's inferior, exactly. right? We've yeah. had overseas production, but great. it's with legit factories, you know? Um, when you're doing overseas production, one, it's hard as fuck to find a good factory. People, when they're starting out, have to spend thousands of dollars and countless hours traveling around, visiting factories to see, okay, do they do a good job? Even when you think you found one that does, they could fool you. They show you shit like, oh, yeah, we made this. And, and then you, you get, get your production and you're like, what the fuck is this? It's the Alibaba sweater. And, yeah, it's the bait and switch, right? Um, so th- I think there's a kind of a negative connotation with like overseas production. Is it being like inferior, bad, or cheap? No, it's not that. Because even though it might be cheaper per piece, there's a minimum. There's a minimum that you have to meet in order to work with some <clears> of these bigger factories. Let's say for a certain style and a certain color, the minimum is 1,200 pieces. 
when you're starting out, can you do that? Let's say <coughs> let's not. say you got two two colors for one design, a black color and a white color. That's 2400 pieces you have to do just on that. Good luck. Yeah, exactly. Unless you got like Good luck. some major guap or some fucking, you know, investment, like it's going to be hard to do that. So that's one hurdle that you have to kind of get past when you're doing overseas production, finding um, a good factory to do it with. And then the second one is meeting uh, the minimum requirements, right? But the focus here with our back-to-basics collection and doing it domestically was, you know, a couple of things, right? Like we suffered during the pandemic, but then so did all these other small businesses. And once I found out that like people I knew uh, who were involved in the business here locally we're doing this type of stuff. I'm like, yo, it would be great for us to like invest in this and, you know, have it be a win-win for the both of us, right? They get paid to do a job. We get uh, our products made. Um, that was one of the things. And two is quicker turnaround times generally because with overseas stuff, you got to kind of slot out three to four months at the least. With all these port issues going on, <laughs> three to four months is if you're lucky. Crazy. You know what I mean? And so that... That wasn't a factor when I made the decision, but thank fucking God I did make that decision because we might not even have the stuff still yeah. right now, you know? Um, and two, and then thirdly, it's, uh, you know, domestic production too. Same problem, potential problem as overseas. Finding a good factory is not easy. Yeah, Finding a good production house is not easy. A lot of these factories here in LA I don't mean to shit on them, but I'm sorry. They're fucking garbage. Their sewing sucks. The fabric selections that they have suck. Every Their, their customer service sucks. Like, nothing is good about it. And it's no mystery why so many of them have been closing shop over the years. And then, you know, like, they have the audacity to complain about, oh, you know, the overseas stuff is killing our business. Well, then you do better. Yeah. If, you, if you do better, people will gladly pay higher dollar for it. Yes, cost of labor and everything is more expensive here. Raw material is more expensive here. But if you do good fucking work, bro, when we were trying to do a domestic program before the pandemic, it took me about four months of searching just to fucking find the factory willing to take on the project. Yeah. First of all, it's like we're paying you to do a fucking job. What you do, but yet you're saying you don't want to do it because it's a little too complicated for your taste. Yeah. I was, my, my jaw just dropped. I'm like, I can't believe what I'm fucking hearing. Yeah. The industry, the, the production industry is fucking struggling in LA, yet you're passing on business. They're like, oh yeah, we want simple stuff like just a t-shirt or like, you know, just a crew neck, a sweater. It's like, we have blanks. It's like, no, we don't want blanks. Like, yeah. we, we, this is what we want. And they're like, no, it's, it's too much details going on and it's going to take too much work. And I'm like, Wow. Wow. So that I, I was like fucking flabbergasted about that, first of all. And then when we did <laughs> find um, a, a production house to work with. My brain farts. This podcast is brought to you by Skillshare. Listen, let me cut to the chase. I know you're like me. You have hobbies, you have goals and a bunch of things you want to learn and try but you don't know where to get the right information. And yeah, you can search online for hours and for the right class, but I'm telling you, you don't need to deal with any of that bullshit. Just get Skillshare. Skillshare is an online learning community that offers membership with real meaning, with so much to explore, real projects to create, and the support of fellow creatives because Skillshare is about real 
growth. So for me, the course I'm checking out right now is YouTube Success Script Shoot and Edit by Marcus Brownlee, one of my favorite creators of all time. I've been doing YouTube, but you guys already know, I've said it multiple times, there's always room to grow and learn, and why not learn from MKBHD himself? So remember, explore your creativity at Skillshare.com slash brain and get a one-month free trial premium membership. That's one month of a premium membership at Skillshare.com slash brain. Yeah, no. So I was saying like, yeah, when we did find um, finally a production house to take on the project, you know, this guy overpromised all this shit in terms of timeline, like, you know, whatever. And long story short, um, he took, I think, like four times longer than he, what, what he originally quoted us yeah. and just kept fucking giving me the runaround. And I was pissed because it's like we already put in a 50% deposit. We can't get that money back. And <clears throat> this motherfucker is just like stringing me along. He tell me, oh, yeah, you know, we'll have it ready by next week. Next week comes. Can't get in contact with him. Can't get an answer. Can't get an update. I got to fucking go over there. He might not even be there sometimes. I was so pissed, but I couldn't do anything. Because yeah. it's we're too deep in the game at that point, you know. That was our first major setback. And um, for those of you guys who are familiar with our collection, the pieces that I'm talking about in particular here are the track pants. So those track pants were supposed to come out about like five or six months before than when it did, you know? And so we lost a lot of fucking time, fucked up our whole schedule with our shoots, with our releases, everything. And it was because of this one fucking guy who just could not keep his word or give me something straight. You know what I mean? That happened. And then right following that, the pandemic happened not too long after, Yeah, you know? So it, it was it was a double whammy for sure. But like, you know this, like we had a point where it was, we had to look at the situation and be like, okay, do we want to just cut our losses here? You know, take the L or do everything we can to possibly turn it around, you know? And for me, it felt like tucking my tail between my legs and fucking running away if we gave up at that point. Yeah. And it wasn't out of stubbornness. It wasn't out of ego or anything. It's just like what we have been able to build up to that point. And I feel like hopefully anyway, what customers have come to recognize what they can expect from our brand, like the attention and detail that. that I mean, our returning customer base is pretty amazing. Yeah, it is. It is. I think like that is one of the things that I know that I didn't have with like the other stuff that I had much was I think people liked. Like, for example, when we did something like Go For Broke, right, mm-hmm. or any product that we have, the biggest shift that I made was let's not just sell something based on the name. Let's sell it like <clears throat> if I wasn't here, would you still wear it? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. which for merchandise is never that way. Yeah. Right. Merchandise is like you wear it specifically because you fuck with me heavy. Right. And when you wear that shirt, it's in support of me. Yeah. Which is fucking amazing. Um, I wanted to do the next step. It's like, OK, if I tell you that I'm an investor in this clothing brand. What I wear, mm-hmm. do I enjoy? Yeah, is it something that I'm proud of? When everybody, when anybody who has owned a secret society piece, right, from our very first collection, and in between, we had a, we put out stuff that that helped keep us afloat. Yeah, but our solid collections from the 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 onslaught of the two one three collection that we first put out. Yeah, then to the 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 one point five. Yeah, and now the back to basics. Yeah, not a single person took got our stuff and hated it. No, it's, it's impossible. Yeah, you can't. You can't look at it and be like, oh, you know, 
this is not good quality or there's no good value there. And and that was the thing, man. That was kind of like the whole ethos behind Secret Society, right? Is that we wanted to represent the masses and have this sense of community through clothing and have it be accessible. Like, because exclusivity exists in fashion as well. And people get priced out or, you know, they do limited quantities and like they can't get it even if they want it, right? Yeah. I didn't want either of those things. I wanted clothes to be like accessible and have anybody reasonably be able to afford it. You know, yeah, I I, I understand some pieces. Like if you're working like a minimum wage job, you might have to save a little bit, but it's within reach. It's not impossible. You know what I mean? Like a fucking $300 t-shirt. Like that's for a minimum wage person. But that's the thing too. Like I, I think like everybody who's a returning customer, they understand this is this is high fashion, like streetwear basics. Yeah. Which... You hear people who do high fashion basics, but they don't put the money and the quality behind it. Oh, absolutely. And that's what you're paying for. Absolutely. And because I've worked in the fashion industry and our partner, Remy, who's who's the head designer, for those of you guys who don't know, he worked in the industry. We know what these fucking guys are doing. Some of these fucking high high end streetwear brands are getting made from our production house. Yeah. And I know their quality is inferior to ours. Now, again, I'm not going to fucking shit on them by saying what their names are because I'm not I'm not trying to hurt anybody's business. But like we are very aware, very well aware of what our competitors and our peers are making. And so like we stack up our shit to them and be like, okay, are we at the very least meeting what they're doing and giving it to people at a much more affordable price? Or ideally, we're doing better than what they're doing and still giving it at a better price which is our primary goal every time we do. Uh, and that's what a, secret society is. Yeah, it's like, yeah, you're getting, I'm treating you guys how I want to treat myself. Exactly. <laughs> you know exactly. What I mean? That's basically what it is. Yeah. And I think that's the the part that makes me feel really happy when we have such a crazy returning fan base. It's yeah. like, so you guys know what's up. You yeah. know for a fact that when you went to the other fashion basics place and they charged you an arm and a fucking leg and you didn't get somewhere near the shit that we got. Yeah. It's like, yeah, our stuff looks unique it feels even better and it's at, a, it's at the same price or even less than what they charge. Exactly, man. That's, I always say, you know, value and design fit and feel, you know yeah. what I mean? Across the board. And, and like, I think that's something that we've done um, a pretty solid job of executing on. Obviously my goal is to do bigger and better things with that in mind, you know, but at the end of the day, I know for a fact, like people can't knock our product. So I've always been proud in that sense. But like I said, it does hurt me a little and kill me a little when I see these other brands who might have a bigger name value for whatever reason. And I know exactly what the fuck type of fabric they're using and how they're getting it made. And it's inferior, yet people gobble that shit up. You know what I mean? Like it's the gospel. So that's something that you know, is, is always going to exist for any brand, obviously, whether you're in clothing or any other industry, right? It's just branding and marketing. I and- think this dope shit is like, I remember when, um, like, for example, I just texted him today. Mm-hmm. So we have uh, in the back to basics, we have our, our SS logo, our secret society logo, and this is a heavyweight oversized tee, like true oversized. So if you, if you like wearing your clothes loose and you typically wear a large, it's going to be oversized in a large, right? Uh, a lot of people when they name oversized, right? So I have a, uh, I know a couple of people who have clothing brands, and mm-hmm. I ordered their oversized stuff in support of friendship, and mm-hmm. I got their stuff. Mm-hmm. They got a blank oversized, and mm-hmm. when you get blank oversized, you get what you pay for. Yeah. So, for example, 
is oversized on the width, but the length isn't fucking right. So when you wash it, it's yeah. a fucking halter top. So it's super wide and boxy, but yeah. it doesn't drape correctly. Yeah. And these are the small details that I think that Secret Society does well compared to everybody else. Mm-hmm. It's all in the fucking detail. It is. It is. This is one of my favorite oversized tees. And yeah. I'm not just saying that. If you look at the color on this, if you guys are watching this on video, I washed this shit twice already. It's black as fuck. Yeah, yeah. How often do you get to wash a black shirt and it still stays as black? And again, um, I think that's kind of a testament to our experience in the industry. Mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, a lot of times when people want to start a clothing line, they have no experience like with, with the technicalities and kind of like the actual stuff, education behind. What, There's so much. Yeah, it's just people like printing and they're like, oh, that's how you start a clothing line. And they don't know anything about fit, fabric, shrinkage garment dyeing you know like they don't know any of that so they just think oh this looks good let me do it so again going back to the whole thing even with the blanks you can use blanks and you can have it be quality right if that's what your circumstances require for whatever reason it doesn't matter if you're big or small but you got to know what to look for in blanks and you got to understand fucking specs right which is measurements for these things grading which make sure the grading is done properly from small to exit, whatever your size chart is, that the measurements make sense and like kind of the fit that you're looking for. But a lot of people have no clue about this type of shit and they just think, oh, if I put print a cool graphic, you know, there you go. That's my brand. Like yeah. now I have a clothing line. But no, Dude, there's tagging, bagging. Yeah. Even that stuff. Like exactly, it's all in the fucking details. Exactly. Everything, man. Dude. I've told this story. It took me months just to find our fucking bag manufacturer because I was I wanted a specific die cut handle on our bag so that when people get it in the mail, they feel like they went shopping because you hold it like a shopping bag. Yeah. Nobody here domestically, I've contacted countless factories when I was searching. None of them could do it. Yeah. I'm like, why? Why is it so hard to do a die cut handle on a fucking poly bag? I don't yeah. understand. Either they didn't want to do it because it's an extra step or they didn't have the technical know-how to do it. Yeah. Luckily, um, somebody I know uh, referred me, and not somebody I know, fucking family, yeah. <laughs> referred me to somebody they had worked with overseas and they were able to do it. So like most people would just be like, no, nah, I'm going to fucking buy a blank box or fucking buy a blank poly bag and you know, that's the packaging. But like, I yeah, care. I have it too. Continue. Yeah. Continue. Go ahead. Yeah. I, I care about shit like that where, you know, I want you guys to really fucking feel like it's a customer experience when you get it. There you go. There's the bag right there, you know? So that's what I mean. Like this die cut handle, like when you get this in the mail, I mean, obviously this kind of beat up, <laughs> but you know, when you get this in the mail, I want it to feel like you went shopping. Wherever your mail is, whether it's in front of your door, at a different, you know, mailbox at a different location, like when you grab it, just even for that instant to feel like you went shopping. And that's why, that's why like these things matter to me. And luckily, luckily, like we've had our customers recognize things like that. And and, and I've had people hit me up like, yo, I noticed, you know, you guys did this and that. And I'm like, Oh shit, dude. Thank you so much for recognizing. I don't even expect that type of recognition, yeah. but thank you for recognizing the fucking details. I mean, the best kind of thing too is when I'm just wearing it and somebody goes, oh, where'd you get that? Yeah, and I'm like, exactly. Shit, that's tight. Exactly. I, I don't think I've ever, because even with Go For Broke, right? Yeah. Like I enjoyed it. I love the messaging and the meaning was so 
dope, right? Right. But I'll be honest with you, I don't think anybody ever came up to me, looked at my stuff. Yeah. That go for broken was like, where'd you get that? Dude, um, a couple months back, uh, I was uh, going on my way to visit my my parents and I had to pick something up, stop by a plaza. I see this kid head to toe fucking rocking secret society, right? And I fucking pulled up next to him and I'm like, yo, bro, I see you rocking the secret society, right? Uh-huh. And then he's like laughing. He's like, yeah, man. Yeah, no clue. <laughs> That's okay though. You know, like yeah. for me, I just thought it was so, because I've seen other people wearing that shit, but like from head to toe, it was my first time, you know? And in another city, fucking like 25 miles away from LA, just to see a kid rocking that shit, I was like, yo, that's fucking dope, man. Yeah, doesn't know who we are. Yeah. But they, they, they fucking saw it like, yo, this shit is fucking dope. Yeah. And, and, and like, dude, when we're sending orders out to fucking Australia, to UK, yeah. to Canada, like Asia, dude, you know this. There are people who've paid fucking $60 in shipping just for a hat. Yeah. And I'm like, Dude, the fact that they want to fucking buy a 30-something dollar hat and pay double in shipping for that. It's amazing. It's incredible. It's fucking incredible. So I like think they they too enjoy the fact that when they wear it, people ask where they get their shit. And like, yeah. oh, you like it's like this brand called Secret Yeah, Society. Exactly. So there's like there's like this there's a it's hard, right? I yeah. think the hardest part is that per everybody's advice, it's like, dog, just put it on whatever. It's cheaper. You make more money. Yeah. But am I happy with putting that out? Exactly. There's a there's a there's this thing about like I know it's so stupid for a lot of people, right? But there's this idea about legacy. Legacy fucking matters to Absolutely. Me, right? It, it it would suck for me to verbally say out loud, I can't believe these clothing companies give me guild and t-shirts. Then I give out a guild and t-shirt too. <laughs> what kind of fucking piece of shit person would I be? Exactly. I can't sit there and then say that stuff upset at the fact that I paid $40 for a shirt yeah. that I knew cost five cents and it feels like fucking sandpaper, which I texted him today. I was yeah. like, bro, this shirt feels like sandpaper. What the fuck? Yeah. And even then, I knew the quality of our our heavyweight uh, oversized tees, but I really knew when I got my Black Friday clothes. Yeah. I was like, well, not oh, just the tees, though, man. The our hoodie. hoodies, our sweats, and like, look, I know um, for those of you guys who have purchased this stuff. Oh, that's the Odin coat, by oh, the we way. We gotta talk about this coat too. Yeah, like the Odin coat too. This was from our first collection. Um, when we did this piece, so for those of you guys who are listening, you can go to secretsociety.com, secretsociety.com to see what this looks like. It's called the Odin coat. So this has three quarter sleeves. It got some um, shoulder straps here so you could hang it off your back. I mean, yeah, it looks cool aesthetically, but it's also functional too, yeah. you know? And that's always the thing. We can't just do things for the sake of it looking cool. Like there has to be function and practicality behind the two. This is a bonded jersey fabric, which is, I guarantee you, you see no fucking startup companies using fabric like this. Yeah. You know why? Because this fucking, not even high-end streetwear, high-end brands use this type of fabric to make their coats and blazers and shit like that. We did our pants, our coats, and our hoodies on our first collection with this type of shit. And I'm so mad. the, The hoodie, I fucking love, right? Yeah. But I got that hoodie when I was 300 pounds. <laughs> and so I had to give it away because I couldn't wear it. It, yeah. just, it was, that we didn't, you know, obviously it's a one-time release thing. It's yeah. not like we have a back stock for right, ourselves. Right, right, So I'm like, fuck, I miss that hoodie so much. But yeah. I I, couldn't, I can't wear it because it's not made to fit oversized. Yeah, so yeah. So it looks doofy on me, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, but yeah, when we were doing this coat, like the- God, I missed that hoodie. That hoodie was fucking sick, dude. <laughs> this style, uh, the, the design style was- uh, pretty much inspired by kimono yeah you know, that was kind of like the shape and look we were going for and we have ss embroidery on the back here but 
Yeah, I mean, look, dude, just the attention to detail is like, I don't mean to throw it like that. I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> disrespect my I fucking know. coat. But that's the thing too, right? So like when, when you get like the Odin coat, right? I think the, the feeling that I get that makes me really happy is that I get to look at our previous lines and say, hey, remember that fucking line was dope? Yeah. I don't think a lot of people say that. I mean, yeah, we could probably make more money if we go ahead and do the the blank route, right? Yeah. But this, the thing is like, oh, what's for the next season? The next season is what can we do to make more money? Yeah. Which is a very smart business model. But we're trying to find that that medium in between. That balance. Where we could put something out and say, yo, we need to make a big paycheck. Yeah. But at the same time, I don't want people to walk away and feel like they got gypped. Exactly. I don't like that because I don't want to feel that Not way. Not to mention what you said. We have our own standards, yeah. you know? And and I'm a fucking man of integrity, man. I'm not I'm not going to give people shit that I wouldn't fucking pay money for and wear myself. You yeah. know what I mean? And when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This podcast is brought to you by BetterHelp. If you haven't focused on your mental health this year, my friends, what are you waiting for? Listen, I know you because you are me and we need to talk about the importance of mental health. So stop pushing your thoughts and emotions aside and get the help you need. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You don't have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room and you can message your counselor at any time while setting up weekly video or phone sessions. Listen, it's super convenient and more importantly, it allows you to be in your own safe and comfortable environment if you're not used to traditional therapy listen i've used better help and it was honestly an amazing experience and i still use and talk to my counselor till this day so give it a try you have nothing to lose special offer for genius brain listeners get 10 percent off your first month at betterhelp.com slash genius so visit better h-e-l-p.com slash genius get that 10 percent off and work on that mental health my friend i told you this in the text when we're talking earlier hype and quality can exist together. Yeah. It doesn't have to be one or the other. Yeah. But these days, it seems like it is one or the other. And usually, it's the hype that wins out because the marketing dollars are there or celebrity endorsement, is like whatever the case is, the brand got seen and, and there's a much broader awareness for it, yet their quality is just not how good. Did we, how did how did like you and Remy come up with the, or decide to go with what type of fabric for the shirt? So basically- it's, it's different. Yeah, like, yeah. So basically- when we when we're choosing fabrics, um, you have to basically get swatches, right? You get swatches of fabric, and it's you see the hand feel of it, you see like the weight of it, and then based on that, you decide like what type of stuff you want to make, how you want to make it, and you got to understand certain fabrics. Like let's say you have a you, you want the fit to kind of like more drape over your body, right? Mm -hmm. Certain fabric is not going to be good for that. You know, certain weight is not going to be good for that. Um, or you want something that 
I don't know, just feels a little bit more thicker, then you got to get a heavier fabric to use for that, right? So those are all things like we have basically kind of a list of things that we want to achieve with a certain body and style and design. And then from there, that informs us on, okay, what type of fabric should we be looking for? And yeah, we look at all of those, feel it, look at it, consider it, reconsider it. It's not like a, okay, this is good, boom, done. We sit on it like, okay, going over this again, how do you like the feel of this? How do you like the feel of this? You know, um, do you like the weight of this better or do you like the weight of this better? Then from that point on, once we decide something, we'll go into sample. Sampling doesn't mean though that we're going to move forward now with that fabric. If the sample doesn't turn out what we were hoping for, then we have to go back to the drawing board. Okay, this fabric's not working for this type of body, this yeah. type of design, yeah. you know? Let's let's uh, revisit which samples, or, I mean, which uh, fabrics we're going to pick. So like, oh, dude, the process is just like, there's so many fucking things involved, right? And, you know, you're essentially an entrepreneur when you're doing something like this. And when you're an entrepreneur with limited resources, you got to wear many different fucking hats. Um, I showed Dave... A picture of my place earlier. And when we closed down the business or when we closed down the office at the beginning of the pandemic, I moved everything into my place. <laughs> when I tell you there's not an inch of like for me to fucking move around up there, <laughs> it's, it's crazy. It's fucking, but we did what we needed to do in order to survive, yeah. you know, because we didn't know what the future was going to hold at that point. It was brand new like, territory to everybody. Fucking year and a half, almost two years, and not putting out a single fucking product. Yeah, like it's, yeah. And and like, and what do and, you do? Yeah, and and that's why when we came back with this back to basics collection, started letting people know about it. Look, we didn't fucking do like advertising for it. We just tapped into our community of people who already uh, know our brand, who've purchased something, or engaged with us on some level. Just let our community know, hey, we're making a comeback. This is what's been going on up until this point. Like I, I was communicating with them throughout the process of like what's yeah. going on, why we haven't been releasing new stuff, what's taking so long and explaining to them, okay, we've kind of like doubled down now and going all in on making a comeback. Yeah. And the fucking response we got was incredible. You know, it was fucking incredible. Like I was blown away because I didn't have much expectation. I'm like, dude, we haven't done new stuff in so long. It's literally going to be like we're starting over again, yeah. And we're finding an audience and finding a customer base. There's, there's like these, <clears throat> a certain level of like pride that goes into a, you know things that you create. You know, and like I think like doing clothing too. It's, it's, it's such an art form, right? Mm -hmm. When you wear clothes, it, it, it can literally change your mood. Yeah, how you look, how you feel. It's something that's very important to a lot of people. Yeah. Um, and I'm trying to be a part of something that moves past the idea of, oh. You're wearing that specific design, like mm -hmm. from this specific person yeah. versus does it look good? Right. And I've had a lot of issues with this because I've seen a lot of shit that came out that's just fucking trash from mm -hmm. a lot of high name brands simply because it's just dope to say that you had something from there. Yeah. And it's these statement pieces that aren't even really statement pieces. They're shit. Like, yeah. they, like I think people, when they buy it, they know it. You know, when you wear a Kanye West shirt, right? And it's just a white tee and he's selling it for $200. The only way I know it's a Kanye West shirt is if you tell me it's a Kanye West shirt. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. That's the only way. Yeah. That's the only way I would have known you got it from like yeah. an easy line. But it's, it's the flex. It's you know? the flex it's behind the flex. it, right? Yeah. But it's like, okay. And then, you know, Yeezy will say, or Ye will say, hey, this is all cut and sew, the fabric, blah, 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 blah. Cool. Well, guess what? We do it too, but yeah. we do it at a quarter of the price. 
and better <laughs> and better and better i mean I hands to- down i don't I, give a fuck look uh, i i will uh gladly put up our shit against the best of them out there it's just we don't have the name value and the brand value as some of these bigger brands and companies and so you know it's always uh, you alluded to it earlier about like finding that balance right between being a businessman and a creative and just trying to find that perfect medium between the two and at the end of the day, like the guiding principle still is like, man, I'm not going to put shit out there that I wouldn't pay and wear myself, Yeah, you know? And I want people to feel the same way. Like, dude, when somebody purchases every fucking order that we get, I appreciate that shit. You know what I mean? Because they're supporting something. Not only are they fueling like a dream and a passion project, but it's something that we work tirelessly for. Like the amount of sacrifices that I've had to make, you know what I mean? To to even get, because we could have folded a long time ago. Yeah. You know what I mean? But for me, like, yeah, I, I was making good fucking money, not doing this shit, but something else. But I left that because making good money is not what matters to me. It's not on the top of my priority list. It's about doing something that's meaningful and fulfilling to me. It's that legacy thing. Yeah, it is. I, it is. It's hard, man. Like it's hard to explain sometimes when, um, like, like we talked about it too. Like the disheartening thing. It's like you see these companies who pretend to do what we do, mm-hmm. and people eat it up. And we know it's like you know. But but to be fair about that, maybe they're not necessarily knowingly misguiding their customers. They just don't know better. Yeah, they think their shit is good. Yeah, but that's because they don't have experience in the industry. They've never made clothes before on a very technical level, working at like major companies. This is maybe their first foray into like making clothes. Yeah. And they think it's the shit, but actually it's just shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, it's, 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 it's hard because here's, uh, here's a, you know, here's a brand that I fucking love. Yeah. Right? Human made. Okay. But fuck that price is pricey, yeah. dude. I yeah. think their clothes is dope. Like I love their shit. I have mm-hmm. a, I got a human made cap. I got mm-hmm. a shirt from them. And let me tell you something. I got that shit on, on a fucking flash sale and they rarely do that shit <laughs> very rarely yeah and that shit was still expensive i just wanted it because number one uh their fit tends to be a lot smaller mm-hmm. because it's geared towards a japanese crowd mm-hmm. so they always suggest to go up in a size or two if you're american yeah but even like the quality of their shit is dope and i think that's what i appreciate yeah it's just do i it's hard for me to spend four hundred dollars on a coat Right, you know what I'm saying? Right. It's like this is hard off. This like you know they had this one uh, human made. It was like a it was just like a khaki. Uh, it was a khaki, just a, like an outdoor coat, right? It was like four hundred eighty dollars. Yeah, but I liked the way it looked. I was yeah. like, this shit looks fucking dope, and right. you could tell like the attention to detail that they have on their on their pieces. But five hundred bucks, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because of who it's attached to, yeah, it's it's a hard buy for me. No, for sure. Know? Like unless somebody wants to gift it. <laughs> In my Amazon wish list. In my Amazon wish list. Like, <laughs> no. shout outs to Human Made, you know? Yeah. And I also know because Pharrell's attached to it. And I think, um, like, BBC stuff, mm-hmm. Billionaire Boys Club, I mm-hmm. think their shit is dope. I've been rocking their shit for years. Yeah. You know? So there's definitely brands who still do it really well. You know? Yeah. We just want to be a part of that conversation as well. No, for sure. And again, going like the coat that you mentioned, going back to our coat, I know for a fact, like, some of the high end wear brands. Um, that were using this exact fabric, like I was saying earlier, mm-hmm. who do sell their coats for like 500 bucks, 600 bucks, you know? And people might look at our price point. I think we came, our original price point for this, uh, when we released it, I believe was like 175. 
people might look at that and be like, oh, that's too expensive. But it's because they have no context. You know, they don't have perspective. I just on, told you about a coat that costs $500. Yeah. And, and it's and, a fraction of it. Yeah. And that's kind of part of the marketing, the educational part of it, right? Teaching consumers why this is value, why we're giving you bang for your buck. Um, and the goal is obviously like from a business standpoint that we can grow so we can do bigger and better projects and, you know, we can make even doper shit with, with even better quality and, and like make our lines and collections a lot more robust. Cause dude, there's so many things I still wanted. I want to do, even though our shit is uh, dedicated, I mean, marketed as unisex and we do have a pretty good um, chunk of female customers. I do want to make like a dedicated uh, women's line. I also want to do kids line of stuff. And, and like, that's not all because like, oh, I want to make more money. It's just something that intrigues me. You no, know? I can't wait till we start doing denim. <laughs> Dude, denim is something that I wanted to do at the very beginning, but it's I, just too expensive. I we, cannot. Well, hurry up and buy our I, shit <laughs> so we can make you guys better stuff, man. Yeah. I cannot wait. Yeah. Denim is also one of those things that's very hard to tackle. Absolutely because hard. It's, it's so, so fucking hard. It's so hard. You have no idea. Like, I've probably in the last two years bought so many different denim jackets and I've hated all of them. <laughs> it's been hard. Yeah. Like the way that it fits, like just the type of denim that they're using. Yeah. Just everything about it. And I'm like, I don't like these, man. Like yeah. I just, there's something missing about it. So I'm like, uh, that's the one thing too. Like every secret society piece of work. I got one of these jokes that one of my friends, he goes, I always see you wear that washed secret society fucking shirt in every video. I was like, you know why? Because it's my com- most comfortable shirt. I'm not trying to like promote it. I just, it's the most comfortable shirt that I own. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I asked this fool to give me two of each each color. And I wore them down to the fucking thread. Yeah, to those holes in them. There's holes in them. I had to finally let go of three of them because yeah. I wore them too much. Well, that's when you transition to PJs. You yeah. wear them as PJs. Now that they're PJs, but <laughs> yeah. even then as PJs, they got obliterated in the washer because I wore them so much during pandemic because they were my most comfortable favorite shirt. Yeah. yeah. You know? And now this one is like my favorite one. Yeah. Soon this will have holes in it. Yeah. <laughs> I wear my shit out, dude. So that's, you know, that's something that I can promise, you know, anybody listening who's interested in Secret Society shit or already a customer of Secret Society is that like, Look, whether we're cutting and sewing or using blanks, it's we're always going to have the same attention to detail. You know, we're always going to look at it from a standpoint of like, okay, does this fit with what we're trying to do, what we're trying to create? And is there value here for the for the customer if they spend their money and purchase this product? Um, and if that if those check boxes aren't checked, then it's a hard pass for me. Move on to something else then, you know, and. I think for as long as we continue to do this, for as long as I do this, all those guiding principles are going to exist. The moment I start compromising on those things is when I just say, you know what, I'm done with it then. You know, like if I can't realistically execute on things the way that I want to, that I feel like makes it worth it for people, then there's no point doing it anymore because that's what is, despite all the headaches and the stress and, you know, it still makes me feel fulfilled and happy that I'm providing. It's the classic case of, oh, you think you could do it better? Then you do it. Yeah. Okay. I'll show you. And we are doing it better. <clears throat> it's just people don't recognize that because our brand awareness is not on the level of some of these other brands. Yeah. So the hope and goal is that secret society becomes synonymous with value in every sense of the word. And that's what I hope people 
listening in and have not ever bought anything from us understand. And if you do decide to take that uh, plunge to purchase something from us, hopefully you'll see what it is that we're talking about. You know, you that's know? kind of like that space when I look at it. It, it reminds me a little bit of like what uh, Zara did for like contemporary basics, right? Because mm-hmm. before that, it was Forever 21 and yeah. H&M. Mm-hmm. And their stuff falls apart. Yeah. Easy. Yeah. So if you need something really quick for a weekend yeah, and you know you're going to go out of town, it's like, cool, I'll get this $10 shirt, this fucking $12 jeans or whatever. <laughs> yeah, it's like a temporary thing. It's a temporary thing because you yeah. know you're going to get rid of it within two weeks, Yeah, right? And then Zara stepped in. It's mm-hmm. like, we can do a, a portion of what they do, but we'll give you something a little better. Yeah. The price might be a little bit higher, but it's going to be worth it. Yeah. And it's still relatively affordable. Yeah. You know? It is. It is. And so, like, I kind of picture Secret Society fulfilling that role for, you know, that streetwear contemporary fashion basics. Yeah. And that's where I see us at. Yeah. And it's been happening that way where people, the return, our returning customer base understands that. They go, no matter what, wherever, wherever else we've went or gone. Yeah. The fashion basics that they have in terms of like streetwear, you're not going to get it anywhere else at the price that we're giving it to yeah. you. Yeah. Like I'm telling you, you guys go get a heavyweight oversized tee and then buy one of ours and do the comparison. Yeah. After you wash it, after you look, touch, and feel it, you will understand why it's better. And how it fits on you. How it fits yeah. is the most important yeah. part. Yeah. And um, I think there are definitely, again, going back to the whole education thing, there are, a, a, you know, a group of customers who might not be too in tune with fashion and this whole oversized thing. And they might get something and think, oh, this thing is too big. But we have the details on the product <laughs> yeah, description. It's oversized. Yeah. We, we say it's a classic fit or oversized fit. And we even say on these new tees from the Back to Basics collection, if you want a more like a classic fit than size down. So, yeah. for example, if you wear a medium, get a size small, you know, because if that's the way you like it, that's the way you like it. I'm not knocking it. But if you get it and you say, hey, uh, this is way too big. Well, we got all the information for we say it's oversized. We say the size down. I don't know what else I can tell you about that. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, you know, that again, I'm not blaming people for not being aware of kind of like the fashion trends and, you know, the whole thing. But just do a little bit of a reading. It's right there. Yeah, 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 <laughs> Make yeah, yeah. it as easy as possible for you guys to understand what it is that you're getting, you know? Yeah. What do you what what do we have planned next? Um, so we got those uh I'm not gonna say ah fuck it, I'll say it. The the bag, you know, that you yeah, so we got that coming in the pipeline. So this is not this sling bag. We already got this. This is the Flint sling bag. But That's my everyday sling. Yeah, yeah. we got... Um, oh, dude, people have been fucking loving this shit. Because it's the, shit. it's the perfect size. It's water resistant. It doesn't do more than you need it to do. You know, yeah. it does exactly what you need it to do. And um, I believe the price for this is $35. <laughs> so fucking crazy. Yeah, I mean, it, and it comes with the wrist strap. You know what I mean? Like, which one of these sling bags do you see? That's what I'm saying. These little attention to detail... And it serves a function. Yes, it looks cooler with this on here. But if you want to take off these shoulder straps and just carry it on your wrist like this, it serves a functional and practical purpose yeah. too. When um, you get, if you're an Asian person out there and you're getting Asian attacked, put some fucking <laughs> coins in that shit and start swinging that thing, baby. Yeah. Like a mace. <laughs> too soon? I don't give a fuck. You know what I'm saying? No, you can fit it in here easily. Hey, so. shout out to the dude in junior high. Not today, motherfucker. Not today. If he had that sling back, he wouldn't have to bring out that fucking <laughs> table, table leg. leg in his pants. 
and started be- you would have had the fucking sling back you could have just was- had your taser and your mace right here bro just open Easy it up shit. boom you would have filled that shit with yams and started beating the shit out of somebody with it so our next um thing that's coming in the pipeline is um yeah this duffel backpack oh yeah that's I mean, we have the sample yeah that basically now let's save that yeah. you know i want them to see it you know in its entirety that's the prototype that dave uh, has here but yeah, it's going to kind of be like your everyday essentials back, whether it's for the gym, for a weekend getaway. getaway. <laughs> hey, it could be for a getaway yeah, too, dude. Yeah, you can do a getaway too, you know, but uh, weekend getaway. Um, and the dope shit about this is it's a duffel bag that doubles up as a backpack. So it's, it's called a duffel backpack. It's the shit, dude. Yeah. I'm so hyped you didn't yeah, bring me one today, it has, but it's all good. Yeah, it has every compartment you could possibly need. And the form factor, I feel like, is perfect because it's not too big and it's not too small. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, like, there's a lot of these pieces that we have that I'm so happy about. I know Barbell yeah. Brigade has their um, – one of the pieces that I really love from Barbell Brigade is their um, – they have their uh, – it's like this uh, – it's called their Mark II shorts. Okay. But it's their – one of the most comfortable shorts I've ever worn. Yeah. And it's um, – it could be used as a swim trunk or mm-hmm. a gym short. Yeah. And fucking dope. And I think they got put on like – I forgot what – publication it was but yeah. it's something big but it was like top 10 best uh, workout shorts of the year and they mm. were put on one of it nice it's like like number two or something like yeah. that it was fucking nuts yeah and it's just it's a small brand yeah and they were in the likes of nike adidas That's and everything dope. else and their That's brand dope. was there and th- those are those pieces that really matter i mean they're in the fitness space and we're in something else yeah but we're trying to carve out that space in this area and i think like once secret society becomes that it's going to be a really happy day for me oh for you know sure I mean? for, sure. for like, all of us man for, for all, all of us, us. you know when yeah. people see this and they're wearing it every yeah. day it's it's one of those goals of mine yeah i know i have these weird tick goals you're like aren't you a comedian aren't you but there's also other stuff that i want to do along the way yeah and everything that i've done so far that i believe anyways has had to deal with a certain level of quality yeah you know what i mean junbi matcha right we now have um we have a uh, we have currently opened what four stores and mm-hmm. we have a potential four or five opening up right now yeah and it's because of the attention to detail behind that right that was even with that brand too it has to deal with accessibility yeah it's high end matcha done in a casual way to show people like listen you don't have to you don't need a fucking geisha to come out and play a little loot <laughs> you don't have to be one of these guys <laughs> yeah, you know <laughs> to drink high quality matcha yeah. and that's the thing that happened with matcha too people were being served the shittiest form of matcha and they were paying paying a premium price mm-hmm. you know <laughs> they were paying a premium price Premium. Yeah. like mike <laughs> hey man you know they're paying a premium price for it they couldn't stop you know they're getting dipped and i couldn't say anything about it but they're paying a premium for culinary grade matcha and so with the brand that we worked on was listen this is your everyday drink right but it doesn't mean that you have to let go of quality this is the highest quality grade matcha that you can get at this price and the way that we do is that we work with the farms so that's why we can serve it at the price that we have you may get a matcha drink somewhere else and it might be even a little more expensive or the same price but it's not the same matcha that we have right I know this for a fact. I've served it to so many Japanese people. The same thing that they get. They go, I miss this matcha because I don't live in Japan anymore. Mm. And that right That's there the greatest is compliment. the greatest fucking compliment yeah. you could ever get hands for down. Sure. It's essentially the same thing that we do with this brand, which is why I invested into it. Yeah. It's what we get to bring to people yeah. for the price that we have. Yeah. You know, and it it really does make things accessible. And look, man, when that resonates with people, just like the compliment about, you know, it reminds me of Japan uh, matcha. 
when people message for so any of you guys who are listening or, or watching, uh, when when people message me and tell me how much they like the shit and and it like resonates with them, bro, it's like it fucking makes my day, makes my week, you know, yeah. because like the blood, sweat, and tears are getting recognized on some level. And I'm not, again, I'm not, I don't have this expectation for people to recognize every little thing that goes into this. No, that's beyond their their knowledge, their scope of knowledge for everyday things, right? Because it can get highly technical. But if you just like it and you felt it was money well spent and you tell me, like you, you take a moment to just like let me know, hey, I, I fuck with it. Dude, that's like such a fucking great feeling because it's like, okay, you know what? We're doing something right. Yeah. And look, man, from the very first collection, like we fucking did it on a level that I would argue, I mean, it's an arbitrary number. I can't confirm this, but I would say like 99% of startups don't do. To this day, even like our lookbook video, people still fucking compliment us on that. Yeah. Shout out to Brian Dos Reese. You yeah. know, he <laughs> Del yeah, Rios. Del Rios. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's my homie Brian. He's in Boston. Fucking talented um, uh, you know, visionary. videographer. Yeah, visionary, all of that. And um, he really fucking slaved away to like make this to to make the vision come true in this, yeah. you know. Yeah. Uh, so shout out to him. But yeah, we still get compliments to this day about that because again, you know why? No matter what, even though we're not recognized on a worldwide level, you cannot knock on the fucking quality from the visuals to the clothing, everything. And that was always the thing, man, is like, we got to make sure that's on lock, you know, marketing. Yeah, sure. I wish I had more money for dude, fucking marketing. Even, but even like the photos that we had were fucking amazing. Shout out to fucking Justin Vasseur, dude. Yeah, exactly. Justin at the time. Now, Justin, it works for Barbell Brigade. Yeah. But Justin at the time was living in Vegas. Dave hit him up. I remember this specifically. We were in your car. We had a group call with him. You're like, I know this kid. He's a talented photographer. He probably would be down. We talked with him, and I gave him the little pitch of what the, the brand was he about. He did such an amazing job. Yeah, and he came through from fucking Vegas, didn't sleep. And, yo, I like Justin knows this, too. I, I've always appreciated what he did on that thing, too, because it was a fucking grueling process, like five days each day, I think I was running on like two hours of yeah. sleep, you know, 20 hour days. Yeah. And then, you know, from that point on, his work ethic was great. We, I hooked him up with Barbell. And right. Now he works for Barbell. Right. Right. So. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> fuck it. <laughs> no, no, no. Like, no. no, Justin, Justin is somebody that like we've worked with. He he actually shot one of our product shots for, um, fuck, what was it? I think it was the box tees. Yeah, I think he did. The, the K-Town collection okay, and the yeah, box yeah. tees. Like he, he did the product shoot for us. So it was great to work with him again on it. Um, But yeah, shout out to Justin. Very talented guy too. But yeah, dude, from the very beginning, I feel like we did infinitely more in terms of like our visuals to the, the quality of our products and our offering than startup brands tend to do. And it made me so happy that people recognize that and still recognize that. And I think it's a testament when you do got, fuck man, we're not nowhere near a, a household name, but yet again, people from fucking different countries are willing to pay 50, 60, yeah. 70 bucks in shipping for one t-shirt, one hat. And I'm like, yo, that's incredible. Hey, real talk. I wouldn't even do that. <laughs> no matter how much I like a brand, I wouldn't fucking pay $70 in shipping yeah. to get a fucking hat. You know what I mean? Appreciate but it. But I man. appreciate that shit to, to the fullest. Because even I wouldn't do it. And I'm like, damn, <laughs> you think that shit's dope enough for you to do it? Yo, that's fucking love right there. You know, so, man, 
I hope, bro. I hope we can keep the fucking wheels turning with this shit. And it's always a struggle because we have a fucking skeleton crew with limited resources. And we're still always trying to hold that high level across the board. But it's not always easy. Yeah. You need, always need this. More money and more time, right? Yeah. And it's something that we always have less of and not enough of. And we're still trying to maintain our guiding principles. Yeah. And I think... Hopefully, anyway, people have recognized that to this point. And hopefully we we just, yeah, continue to do bigger and better things moving forward, man. I mean, it was kind of crazy too because I think like one of the things that kind of helped me reiterate and made me really happy about what we were doing is it's actually sad though. It's, you know, the passing of Virgil Abloh. Yeah, right. Right. Like the stamp that he made in fashion is in, in is nuts. Yeah, it's, it's timeless. It's going to be timeless. Timeless. He's in the history books, you know. And look, didn't had no idea he was suffering from cancer. I know. Me too. I think it caught. It's one of those things where even like uh, Chadwick Boseman, right? A lot yeah, of people had no fucking, fucking clue he was battling, battling cancer. Just like doing what they do, being great at it, suffering quietly and privately, but still excelling at what they do. The craziest thing too, like I remember just. He came out with the uh, Air Max. Uh, there was the Mentas and the original Off-Whites, right? Yeah. The Air Max 90, uh, 97s. Mm-hmm. And that's the first thing I copped. Um, <clears throat> didn't leave it in the box because I love the shoes. I wear them all the time. But that was one of those things where I was like, oh, this is hype, but this shit's fucking dope. And I bought it. And I still love those shoes to this day. I wanted to get Air Max Mentas, but I was too late on it. And mm-hmm. they, were, they were worth like, <laughs> like buying it was like $2,000. Yeah. I'm, like, I'm not paying $2,000 for shoes. Right. I think it's worth like 5000 or something now. Uh-huh. But um. The, him passing away reminded me like you could do both yeah you could have hype and you could have quality right his shit was fucking dope man yeah like like he had he had the uh what's it called the the essentials collection too which is really fucking dope too like mm-hmm. all all the all the stuff that he's touching he's done he left a, a stamp he left a legacy behind right and obviously there's a lot of celebrity endorsements behind it but that didn't change the fact that his his designs were fucking dope yeah you know yeah Everybody who has a Virgil Abloh piece knows that it's dope. Yeah. And and look, man, that's like, um, again, just paying attention to the details because those details mattered, you know? Mm-hmm. And without that, honestly, the most likely end result is just making a subpar product, yeah. you know? Because it's the small things that make a difference. Look, when we were doing like our hoodies and making our pants, so it's called bar tacking where you reinforce certain parts of the clothing where pressure tends to be because you your hands are slipping in and out of it. You want this part bar tacked so that it's reinforced and prevents ripping, tearing, right? Mm. Even our production guy was like, dude, what like why you gotta do that? I'm like, because it matters, man. And I will just pay- fucking do it, dude. Yeah. No. I will pay the extra money to do it, you know? Even though that it eats into our margins, it doesn't matter because for me. I'm like, that should be a standard, you know? Again, the value part. And so, yeah, th- there are times when a lot of these brands are getting away with just doing the bare minimum, you know, and maximizing their profits. From a business standpoint, I can't knock that, you know? I cannot knock that because it is a business at the end of the day. But like we keep saying, you can do both, you know? You can do both and still be successful. And We'll see. We'll see what the future holds, right? At this point, we made a strong comeback with Back to Basics. Our Black Friday sale was amazing. And so November was a great month. It was a great way to come back. But how we do in December in 2022, we'll see, man. 
But the focus is there now. I'm fully committed. Again, you guys have no idea what I sacrifice for this shit. <laughs> it's at the sacrifice of my fucking comfort from every level, financially, mentally, physically, everything. Like when I'm talking about giving blood, sweat, and tears, I mean it literally, man, and figuratively. Okay, you know maybe how not- I was crying to the homie after I got a gun pulled on him? <laughs> this will call me up. I was like, how you doing that drink? Man, this shit is hard, bro. This was crying. Oh, fuck. You know, your boy got to vent every once in a while, right? It's healthy. It's healthy to release. Can't keep it all pent up, you know? Yeah, but um, yeah, it's hard to put into words. You know, just to go back to that whole thing of should you start a clothing line? Yeah, you can. Just know that. Just know what it entails. It's a lot. Yeah. There's a, a lot of work and, you know, blood, sweat and tears and yeah. passion behind it. Yeah. If you want to just do merch, anybody can do merch. That's perfectly fine. Yeah. I think one of the things too people have always asked, how come where's your merch at? I Listen, if I do merch, it's going to, it has to be dope. Right. Because you're going to have to want to wear it just like the way I want to wear my shit. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's so weird. It's like, well, you don't have to make merch like a clothing line. It's for money. I know. But, you know, when have I ever done just anything solely for money? I've been on this space now for, what, 11, 12 years? And it's never been that way. There's yeah. so many things I could have done for money that would have made me balling <laughs> out of my mind. Right. But then every day it would eat at me. You know, like I got to this point doing some shit that I didn't respect. Right. And it would just kill me. Yeah. And you know what? Some people can be okay with that. I'm not one of those people, unfortunately. Because yeah. I could have made my life a I lot w- easier. I you, wish we I was. both know that. Yeah. Let me tell you something. <laughs> <laughs> you could have done something very simple. And it just pisses me off to this day. All he had to do was just fucking put a ring on it. <laughs> but, you know, again, it's just one of those things where like, man, I'm a man of principles. I'm a man of integrity. And as cliche as that might sound or as stupid as that might sound, it's the truth, man. And my decisions and the way I've lived my life are proof of that. There's no inconsistency in any of the decisions I made where I'm like, okay, you know what? Ah, fuck it. You know, like I'm just going to let go of this shit and just make more money instead. Like, look, man, everybody needs money. But you money- don't think I could have done pranks and just punched old people on the street? <laughs> exactly. You, the, you don't think I could have done that? Yeah. I remember, look, that's a conversation I remember you and I having yeah. like years back when, you know, you were growing and I think you would like just crossed over the million mark with your subscribers and like your whole cr- content creation process. And I remember you telling me at that point, like quality still matters to you. Yeah. Like it's not about just pumping out whatever is going to get the most views and be the easiest to do because you could have done it very easily. I could have dressed up as Kim Jong-un and scared people. <laughs> that would have been easy. Yeah. Pucker, and yeah. then I would have made fucking millions of views. And at that time, the way it was monetized, right. I would have made millions. Right. I don't ever look back at that and say, oh, I wish I would have done it. Yeah. Because the life that I have now is also just as great. Also, too, like, you know, I talk about not giving a fuck what people think, but there are certain people in my circle who are family mm-hmm. to me that yeah their opinions do matter because i allow it to matter to me because of who these people are and place yeah. in my life i guarantee you there's no way i would have done stuff that was soul stripping that's demeaning and i made millions and those friends of mine would have still been my friends because they can't be around somebody they don't respect and i don't want to be around myself if i don't respect myself absolutely. either absolutely so i wouldn't even hold it against them it's like you know what they stopped being around me because they couldn't they can't look at me mm-hmm. and i get it and I don't want to live like that. That's yeah. just too hard. Yeah. And, and people was like, well, you're rich and balling. I keep telling this people, you all think fucking money is everything. Money is not fucking everything. Yeah. You and I, we're all going to fucking die. You cannot take that shit with you. And look, 
That's coming from two people who grew up poor. You yeah. know what I mean? Poor shit. Yeah. You literally cannot take any of that shit with you. You cannot take money with you. You cannot take any of that stuff. Yeah. The only thing that you can leave behind is what you create. Yeah, absolutely. And look, man, I'm not saying that money doesn't make things easier. That money oh, yeah. doesn't give you freedom. Of course, it does provides all those things. But when you're so money centric and money driven and think money is the end all be all and you, you fucking you know, disregard every other thing in life, you're going to find out the hard way. You're going to be lonely with a lot of money, nobody to share it with, and be like, what the fuck is my life? Yeah, and I'm not just saying this as an assumption, right? You have to understand, too, I'm in an industry and in the company of people who have this type of money, and I they see- They got no real ones around. I them. see them, and, it's, and their life actually scares me. Yeah. It scares me, man. Like- even these young people too that are young YouTubers, they watched me growing up, right? And they have hella money yeah. because of the content that they make. And I'll ask them a simple question. Like I asked this young girl who's killing it mm-hmm. in, in like the, the the YouTube food world, right? Yeah. And I'll go, who are your friends? She goes, I don't have friends. And I'm like, I know this sounds harsh, but I, I'd kill myself. Yeah. It's like I traded everything in the world to, to work every day yeah. to not have a single fucking bond. Yeah. At like the age of what, 25, 26, right. you don't have a single fucking friend. It's one of the saddest things you can hear, to be honest. You know what I'm saying? You know? And then they're like, I don't trust. He's like, how do you don't trust people when you don't know people? You know absolutely shit all else. And then you see them, they're laughing, they're doing all this other stuff. And you meet them in person. They're the most miserable people you've ever met in your life. And right. they're like in their 20s. It's like, yeah. I see that and that shit scares me. And I see it with older people too who have traded everything for it. Yeah. And I go, they go, I can't trust anybody. It's like, that's because of the life you chose. Yeah. That is your choice. You made that choice to prioritize money and use people around you to get where you needed to be. So this is where you're at. Exactly. You reap what you sow, right? Um, And I think a lot of times, like people just have these unrealistic expectations of what life uh, is going to be once you know, oh, I make uh, all this money, then life is going to be like this. This is my greatest example of somebody who I admire, right? Doesn't mean I next was like, like I, you know, worship this guy or anything else yeah. like that. But Joe Rogan, mm-hmm. he has created his own empire. He has. And, and he supports his own friends. Mad props. And there's the not a single company that can control him. Right. He's even built his own company on it and it makes millions. He did it his own way. Yeah. And everybody else followed suit. You know what I'm saying? He's the one that popularized you know podcasting for a lot of people yeah, out and there. he wasn't even the originator you he know? wasn't yeah there was adam carolla and really the original podcast was probably fucking what's his face howard stern yeah howard stern well even bill burr was doing a podcast yeah, before bill joe burr. rogan yeah <laughs> you, you know what i'm saying yeah. and when i look at somebody like joe rogan he didn't have to cut corners in his own integrity yeah you know you may not find him funny you may find him to be too fucking whatever liberal or too right wing or whatever the fuck it is right yeah the thing that I'm talking about him is that he created his own empire, his own way, and made his own money. He has both his integrity intact and Absolutely. also the money that came along with it. And, and, you know, Dana White, the president of UFC, always says this. Joe Rogan doesn't come here and commentate because he needs the money. Yeah. It's because he loves it. He actually has fun doing it. He does stand up. Yeah. Not because he needs the money. Right. It's because he loves it. Right. He signed a gajillion dollar deal with Spotify. <laughs> I know. He is fine for the rest of his life. Yeah. He is oh. Okay, he does things because he loves it, right? Yeah. He interviews people on his podcast because he's curious about the stuff that they want to talk about. Mm-hmm. That's what I appreciate about him the most. Absolutely. No, I agree with you 100%, man, is that when you do things your own way and still are able to have success with it. Now, let's provide context here. It's rare, 
very rare, right? Yeah, just where, I mean, where, Joe Rogan is a Joe Rogan. Right, Joe Rogan is kind of like a, a, a Joe Rogan, but there are people who will gladly sell their soul to have the success Joe Rogan has as well. Yeah. There's more people like that. I just can't be one of them. Yeah. That's and all he I'm didn't saying. Have to do it. So it's like, yeah. I, I know it's a slim chance, but I enjoy it. Yeah. I enjoy watching that happen because I don't know how many times I've, I've been to these stupid little fucking Hollywood soirees and shit like that. And everybody's just sucking each other's dick off, even though I know the type of shit that they say about each other behind right. each other's back. I know everything. Exactly. As soon as their backs turn, even in the same room, they're talking shit. Yes. And then they come around. <laughs> it's like, oh my God, Man, you I, fake ass bitch. Dude, it happens all the fucking time. Yeah. And I see it every day. Like, some of these people come up to me, right? And they do, man, I really appreciate your work. And I'll be like, no, you don't. You don't know who the fuck I am. Yeah. You absolutely know shit all else. You, I was like, I know what you do know about me though. Uh-huh. I was like, you know, I got a big mouth. <laughs> I was like, you know that if I don't like you yeah. and you do something really stupid, I'm not going to just not say it because you're Asian. Yeah, I, I will fucking rip you a new one because I am in my own world. Right. Tomorrow, all this stuff disappears. I'll figure something else out. Yeah. I'm absolutely okay. There's no, you cannot control me whatsoever yeah. and i'm a depending on the paycheck now i know <laughs> now There's so it's a little like, caveat there <laughs> and listen you know when people listen to this podcast you know my reputation i know my reputation in, in the hollywood circle i'm considered a liability mm-hmm. like they they look at me like oh this kid doesn't give a fuck yeah like i can throw an opportunity at him like you know so it's like like i've heard like peers in my circle it's like dude you did that podcast that you didn't like shang chi who the f- so the fuck what what does that mean? Yeah. What the, what the fuck does that mean? Yeah. They go, oh, what if like Simu wants to work with you? If he wants to work with you, he'll, he'll want to work with me. Yeah. If he doesn't because I didn't like a movie that he didn't create, that he got paid for, that he's still famous for, he can suck my fucking dick. Yeah. That's all that it is. Right. Nothing against the guy. And right. I'm just using him as an example because of what people said to me. Yeah. You know, this is nothing, has nothing to do with it. But it's right. just like using him as an example of why I can't say I like a movie or not because of, oh, how it's going to make me personally look. Mm-hmm. I'm not in your Hollywood world. Yeah. You stay in Hollywood. Yeah. You do that type of stuff. I have a great life. Absolutely. And so yeah, I'm not going out of my way. But if people go, hey, review Shang-Chi because I want to know what you thought about the movie. And then I go, oh, it was the best movie ever because of feelings. Mm-hmm. That's inauthentic. I'll give it a fair try. I, yeah. And by the way, like I said before, a million times over, everybody who was mad about that review, I watched it three times and then I did a review on it yeah. or twice and then I watched it again yeah. and then the third time I watched it I shut it off halfway so <laughs> I watched that movie more than you did uh, so I gave I actually gave my put my money where my mouth is so yeah. you can't say shit to me Yeah. so I gave it three tries Yeah. so it, and it is what it is Yeah. so I think, you know, at the end of the day too it's like I understand how these circles run and I know what people have to do like being in those like social circles where they're just like oh man Hey, bro, I love your stuff. Blah, blah. I could literally tell them, it's like, oh, what do you like? Which 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 video? It's like, oh, you know, the, the one you did like last you know, week. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> I, and the funny thing is like going into one of these recent stuff that I went to, people know who I am. Mm-hmm. They know me very fucking well. They yeah. see me in the audition rooms. They yeah. saw Gook. Yeah. And they hit, listen to the podcast. Because guess what? The same people that came up to me, they were like, oh, dude, like I didn't like Shang-Chi either. And they go, oh, I'm so glad that you said that shit because we need honesty. Mm-hmm. Well, you say it. Mm-hmm. Because they're scared. Exactly. They don't want to burn bridges. So you want me to burn alive. Yeah. You want me to take all the criticism because I get to represent how you feel. Yeah. And then, but then you'll shake hand and smooth with everybody else and throw me down, uh, you know, throw me down a fucking set of stairs right. just to make you look good. Yeah. Cool. I know where you're at. No integrity, man. That's what I'm saying. No integrity, no backbone. It's like yeah. if you're not doing and saying stuff because you think 
it might be an unpopular opinion and it might burn some bridges with potential people that you can work with. Look, some people could look at that and be like, oh, you know, that's stupid from a business perspective, right? But business isn't everything, man. Money isn't everything. But that's what YouTube you know? did for me. And this is what I say it because I've done it, right? Yeah. I was denied roles. I was denied auditions because of who I am and I proved people wrong. I didn't get to do my own stand-up shows. I got pushed back and back. And every time I was trying to do stand-up, I got a five-minute spot, 10-minute spot. Yeah. What did I do? I blew up my name on YouTube and I was like, fuck it. I'm going to do my own 30-minute show. I'll go out to these colleges. I'll pull out a show and people will come through. I just did a Genius Brain show. 300 people showed up. Let's fucking go. Yeah. I will create my own fucking path. It may not be a big deal to you because it's not 10,000 people. Yeah. But those 300 people that came to that show, fuck with me. Heavy. Exactly. And that's what matters. That's yeah. what fucking matters. The same thing goes for Secret Society that I talk about with these customers who support us. Um, that's why fucking I it it touches me, man. It really touches me. My fucking cold black heart. Yeah, <laughs> it it warms it up. But he won't cry. This wasn't crying. This wasn't cried in twenty years. Yeah, I might be a serial killer, but <laughs> that's a different story, you know. Um, no, but that that's what I'm saying is because I know like the people who's been fucking with us since day one. They know, man. They know and they understand, and they've been riding with us till now. Because, dude. Think about how many different things are fighting for people's attention in this day and age. Not just clothing, anything, everything, everything, right? And the fact that the response we got with the Back to Basics collection when it dropped means they were waiting. Yeah, they were waiting for us to come out with new shit. Man, thank you. Exactly. Thank you so fucking much, man. Because you didn't have to. You could have just fucking spent your money and, and the time. Cool thing was, I promoted it zero. That's the thing. Well, let's be fair though. In the beginning, you you helped the beginning yeah, with this new yeah, line, right? Which right. is like I, yeah. I haven't talked. About, I mean, we're in transitions right now of of you know fulfillment and stuff. Yeah. So I you know I've been kind of hands off right now. Yeah. But it's kind of nice to know that the brand is surviving not because of who I am, right? It's because people, people like the fuck clothes. With it, you and know? There's some that is something that's irreplaceable about that. For yeah. Me. Like I, it's hard to describe. And the back to basics marketing campaign zero zero. Zero dollars were spent on that. It was just to our community. It was just to our community, our emails, and that's it. Yes, yes, man. And and look, our even our Instagram account, like we were talking about this before, of like how engagement has dropped off significantly just across the board for Instagram now, right? Like we were so inactive on our Instagram account, like when we were posting stuff, it was like yeah. abysmal. So yeah. it's not even because a bunch of people are seeing it on Instagram. It's literally our fucking community of people who's been riding with us and again for those of you guys watching or listening i appreciate that shit like it's seriously fucking from the bottom of my heart i appreciate that and that's one of those things that keep me going man yeah. because i'm like if i didn't have that and yeah we got no customers then yeah you're like what the fuck i'm not fucking just making clothes for myself to wear yeah. or for just us to wear i yeah. can do that too mm-hmm. you know for fun this isn't for fun. This is like a fucking passion. Yeah, I'm, you know? not, I'm not giving the advice to people either to say like, hey, live with your pride and be poor. I'm yeah. not saying that. I'm saying- All right, like, absolutely. Yeah, that, that's stupid. That's absolutely <laughs> dumb. Yeah. You know? But I'm saying that there's a, a way and a path to to kind of meet in the middle. You know? And I think that middle spot is a very good spot to be at. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Is to live in, live in reality, but also not to, you know, shed everything about your humanity mm. just, so, just for a paycheck. Yeah. You know, yeah. and I don't under know. I don't know if people really get that time is very finite here, and what you say and do really matters. Yeah, and you can only do it to the best of your ability. But if you only chase the dollar, and once again, this is coming from people who grew up really, really poor. Like I've seen it more often than not, right? Um, 
how living a certain lifestyle leads to a certain way. Here's the biggest example. If you guys read Will Smith's fucking book, you'll see a representation. This is Will Smith, the guy who's at the peak of everything, his influence, his power, whatever. This guy was literally fucking so much. Anytime he came, he threw up. <laughs> That's crazy. I never even heard of that. <laughs> I've never in yeah. my life. Yeah. This is at a young time. I would masturbate so much and yeah. I felt fine. Yeah. My dick was raw, <laughs> but I would not throw up. But, you know, Will Smith talks about his ups and downs dealing with like the industry, you know, all this other stuff, losing all his money, blah, 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 the hard work. And look at somebody like that. He's really showing you these life lessons. And these are people that you admire. Come on. Like, how many times can people who you look up to tell you the same advice and for you still not to get it and understand exactly. it, right? How is it that there's people who don't know anything about Twitter, social media, Instagram, Facebook, um, fucking Snapchat, whatever? How are they so happy when you say that you need to be happy because you have these numerical values that, that depict what you're worth? Yeah. But they don't have that and they live completely happy. They don't yeah. have what you have. Yeah. They don't have the car, the roof, the fancy shit, whatever. So how, who are you to tell these people that they're not happy? That's your definition of happiness. Your misery is based on what the, the, the position that you put yourself in right now, right? Not all the time, but I'm saying for people who live in a first world country who have mm -hmm. first world problems. Right. I can't tell my friends who I know who aren't envious of me at all that they're not happy because they don't have what I have. It's like, well, how can you be happy? You're like people, you're not recognized. You know what I mean? You don't own this type of stuff. And they go, they'll be like, fuck you. You know, <laughs> fucking tell me if I'm happy or not. Yeah. Based on what? Uh -huh. Like based on what? And at the same time too, if you're somebody who feels like that's your mode of happiness, then go for it. I'm just telling you from my personal experience, being in the industry that you want to be in and the position you want to be in, I know nine times out of 10 that those people are left with not very much. Yeah. And because it hasn't been disproven to me a majority of the time, um, and you might throw examples of me at people, but I'll tell you that those people that I know, I know the opposite story because I know them personally. You don't know what goes on behind closed doors. Right. You know, Absolutely. they do it for the fucking paycheck. Yeah. I know they do it for the paycheck because I see how miserable they are. Yeah. And they always asked, I met up with somebody uh, uh, for lunch at the beginning of pandemic and they literally met me up to ask me, they go, why are you always so happy? <laughs> <laughs> they were like, they, I, don't, they go, I don't get it. Like, yeah. why are you always so happy? I'm like, because I don't complain. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was like, what are you searching for? And this person was, an, you know, is an actress. And I'm like, why are you an actress, right? Because the way you talk about art, it's very, to me, it's very vapid. It's very, um, you talk about art in the way that you feel like you should talk about art, not mm. because you actually care. Mm. Like, oh, you know, this artist, this movie, blah, blah, blah. The way that, 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 why are you talking about this while we're having lunch? Yeah. It's because you want me to know how knowledge, knowledgeable you are about acting. So maybe the better question in that instance isn't why I'm happy. Why are you unhappy? Exactly. And this person started tearing up. They're like, what is it that you have? It's like, I don't care about the stuff you care about. I was like, I'm in this industry. I, I do what I do. But you know what I care about? My friendships. The fucking lamen I'm going to eat tomorrow morning <laughs> with two poached eggs. Yeah. And the, my mom's kimchi that she made me. Yeah. And then I... That's what I care about. Yeah. I, my value, my, my sense of values are so different compared yeah. to you. So because you value something that's so fucking fleeting, booking this role because of how it makes you look. So you don't want to look like a failure to your parents. You don't want to look like a failure to your friend. You don't want to go. I don't worry about any of that shit. I said, I want to do YouTube because YouTube makes me happy. When YouTube stopped making me happy, I started to do film. I did the Sundance film. Cool. I did that. I want to do food. So I started doing food. I did stuff that I found the balance between making money 
and then also having integrity. Right. And this is what I do. Right. You can never tell me that I'm not successful based on what your set of value of what success is. Yeah. You can't tell me, oh, David, you haven't booked a huge movie yet. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. You give a fuck to tell me that I didn't. Get. <laughs> you feel like you're feel sad for me yeah. because they're like, oh man, you had such hype with the Gook film, but you never asked me if I wanted to act. Exactly. And 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 it just might be the case that their definition of success and happiness is not your definition of go, success oh, and happiness. I would have like leveraged that shit and I would have done all these roles. Cool. The problem is I found out when I went into acting, I hated all these roles. Yeah. And I didn't want to do them. Yeah. Well, the, the only thing you got to say is cool, but are you me? Yeah, exactly. It's like, <laughs> you're not me. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, oh, I would kill to be on a, on a multi-cam, uh, multi-cam sitcom. I don't uh-huh. want to be on a multi-cam sitcom. You never right. asked me. Right. So why are you telling me that that would make me happy? Yeah. Stop saying this shit. This is, this is, a, this is an asinine conversation. And so, you know, after we had this conversation, they, they kind of understood it. I'm not sure if they did. But it's like for somebody to go, I, like, I didn't think I was like an extremely happy guy. But they're like, oh, you have all these negative comments. Like there's like Reddit threads about how a piece of shit you are. I'm like, why are you reading them? I don't. <laughs> I know people hate me. You know why? Because yeah. I'm opinionated. I have a big fucking mouth. Right. I understand what it entails. Yeah. Doesn't bring me down. Who are these people? What are they going to do to me? Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. Absolutely shit else. Unless they're China. <laughs> hey, CCP, leave me alone. CCP, leave me alone. You know, but just to go back, it's it's everything that I do has to deal with that. Even as, as an investor, as I invest in the secret society, it's, I don't wear this because I'm trying to sell it. Where? Because I genuinely like. like I look good in it. <laughs> when, I, when I brought him all the shit from the new collection a couple weeks ago when we did the podcast with Ed, um, like Dave was so giddy and excited because yeah, like, he was I've like, been waiting for this, man. Yeah, he's like, dude, this shit is so nice and it's so comfortable, you know? So, yeah, like, guys, it's not just, we're not just making shit for the sake of making the most money as we possibly can with no integrity behind it, no care or attention and detail behind it. If anything, I would argue that we're doing more of that stuff yeah. <laughs> than focusing on making as much money. Um, but again, it's a business, so we do need to make money and we do need to make more of it in order to grow because now we are at a bottleneck where like we need to hit the next scaling process. It's very risky for us. So like now us moving into uh, getting a fulfillment service is kind of what's on the table for the near future, but that it's not a lot of money. But any uh, money going out is a risk for us because that means less money we can use for production. But it's part of the process of growing, right? It's like if I can't focus on things because of all of these other menial tasks that need to be done, that are necessary to be done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can't grow the brand, plain and simple. Yeah. So that's where we're at. But oh man, I, I really hope, dude, I really hope more and more people can recognize what we're doing, um, not just through the podcast, but yeah, just just word of mouth too. Because yeah. that's like the best, another one of the best compliments you can get is like just somebody, oh, somebody else told me about your brand, you know? And those moments that you've had, like, hey, yo, what's that brand that you're wearing? Yeah. I'm like, shit, motherfucker. Yeah, let me, let me, tell, you you, let me tell you a little something about this. Like this little hunt. <laughs> you know, and before we sign off, like I gotta tell you, like I, you know, this is stuff that I always tell Edric too, because of what they pick out. It's it's like they could read my mind about what I want before I even say it. You know? <laughs> like I have the biggest issues with fucking hats. Yeah. So many fucking hats that I buy are shit. And you'll see a lot of repeat hats that I wear because I like their specific fit. Yeah. You know, human made was one of them. When they wore their dad cap, I was like, "This fits right. This is this is this is this is it." Yeah. 
and I bought three other, four other dad caps, hated them, gave away to all friends. So I was like, yeah. you have this shit. And they're like, oh, you want to keep this? Fuck the name. It doesn't fit right. Yeah. Like, I just showed him a hat today from a company that I enjoy. And, you know, I got it. I'm like, fuck this hat. <laughs> yeah. Like, what the fuck this hat, dude? Yeah, the like, fit and feel of it was, uh, was terrible. Questionable. Questionable. This hat right here, this Hunter Green one, looks so fucking good. The way it fits, the way it's styled. Yes. It's just, it's bright. And this red one, it ain't a MAGA hat. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I fuck with this too. It's the foam trucker. It's so light. It's so comfortable. Our the trucker shape. hats are fucking fire. Yeah. Right now, yeah. So just, you know, everything we do, again, it's hard. Like, um, uh, my boy Kevin, he's a photographer who helped, helped us with this Back to Basics collection. Yeah. Shout out to Kevin. I mean, he, he really went the extra mile. He was up with me fucking two wee hours of the morning, you know, like working on shit, going over shit. But his girl, uh, Vanessa, wants to get into the clothing line, you know, or wants to start her own clothing line. So she's been asking. <laughs> and, and she got to see a little bit kind of like what's going on uh-huh. and i'm like you still want to do this yeah. <laughs> really it's like, oh, yeah, yeah i guess it's, it's like is this is it as glamorous as you know you thought it was i was like it's not right look at all these headaches that i'm dealing with right now mm-hmm. i'm like it's inevitable for you too so i'm like i jokingly say don't do it but Obviously, I you know when I get serious, I the tell time her and the passion. If you love it, to yeah, go for exactly. It. Just know that it comes with the territory and be ready for it. Don't go into thinking it's going to be oh all glitz and glamour, and I got my own clothing line and it's yeah. all. And once again, I think I really do enjoy the fact, like you know, there's like little stuff and that they know about clothing from being a part of the industry that makes sense. I I guarantee you, every fucking person that you've bought that said like oh we're doing. We want to just, you know, do our own clothing line where it's dope, high quality stuff. If you ask them what is high quality about your stuff, <laughs> zero blanks. I'm yeah. talking about the highest fashion bloggers, fucking yeah. daily vloggers, especially the girls who yeah. make their clothes. Yeah. I've seen their shit. It's, it's like, funny. You, you, this is Forever 21 shit. Don't you yeah. fucking dare sell your audience to stuff like this is high quality shit. I know it's not, dude. Yeah. I've seen your shit. Yeah. The fact that you could even go out there and sell your stuff saying that, oh, this is humane stuff, like the, the quality, attention, care. You haven't seen shit. What you did was saw the design that a designer made and you go, oh, I kind of like it. Yeah. But you don't know anything about the product. But like, okay, that's fine. Just don't lie to people. You well, know what I mean? I think, again, it's just ignorant. Yeah. You know what I mean? They they like they, they just throw out yeah, yeah they throw out these buzzwords thinking oh yeah that's what you got to use it's high quality shit it's the best but what does it mean to them yeah you know what I mean like there's no meaning behind it because they don't know the technical aspects of it so they say high quality in what sense well I mean it costs three hundred dollars so of course it's high quality no, no, no. no price does not equate high quality like I said our production guy makes some of these higher end streetwear brands stuff and like these reputable brands and i look at it i told you one of them he's like yo check out this uh, hoodie and i'm like yo this is like some fucking swap meet shit and he's like oh it's so-and-so's i'm like get the fuck out of here yeah they're charging how much for this shit i'm like this is fucking garbage yeah you know but here's the other thing it worked the other way around for our shit some of these guys from these companies came by his place, the production guy's place, and saw our shit. They're like, yo, who's is this? They start feeling it. They're like, yo, can I try this on? They're like, nah, I mean, you could check it out, but you know, this is like my other client's shit. Yeah. Like this, my my homie shit, like you can't, you can't like try it on. You could buy it when it comes out. They're like, yo, this shit is dope. Yeah. Like, what's what's their like, guy? how much does it cost to make? Yeah. Like, okay, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> no, so they would inquire about us. 
yo, like what's their website? What's their Instagram? What's the brand name? And like that made me feel good because I know some of these guys are from companies that are very well established who are doing very well for themselves. Yeah. And these are the, their head of production or whatever. And they're looking at our shit and being like, double taking. Yeah. Yo, who shit is this? This shit is dope. Hey, we want to make shit like that. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, so that tells you, man, if insiders know what's up, like we're doing it right. Yeah. We're doing it right. And and that's something that succeed or fail. I hope success, but succeed or fail, I can live with myself at the end of the day. Like we did it the right way and we're giving customers what we believe to truly be value in every sense. Yeah. Well, guys, that wraps up this episode of the Genius Brain Podcast. That was almost damn near two hours. Goddamn. That was a, that was a passionate talk. <laughs> yeah. You know, like a, the podcast really goes past an hour, but it's just, it's just fucking important, man. Yeah. And I uh, hope you guys like the Secret Society stuff, man. Um, yeah, I just, I'm super happy about it. I It's just one of those things, man. Like it, I could die happy knowing that even if the company doesn't, does, I mean, it's been four years. I mean, it's, we, we've been going. Yeah, but I don't yeah. know. We've been surviving. We've been surviving. We've been surviving. We haven't been thriving. Yeah, we've been surviving. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, due to everybody's support. Yeah. Um, but I'm gonna make sure that this does well. So, hope you guys, if you guys fuck with Secret Society, um, I guarantee when you rock it, you'll know what we're talking about. And when people look at your shit and they ask where it's from, you'll know what it is, man. It's all word of mouth too. You know, yeah. say it with pride, dude. Say like, oh, it's Secret Society. It's a, right. It's a, it's a high end streetwear brand. Yeah. You know, and let people know about it, and let people touch the fabric. They'll see what's up. Yeah. And um, matter of fact, give your give take the clothes off your back and give to yeah. them so they know what's and up. Then, and then suck their dick. And then just <laughs> make a connection and a bond that way. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. Do what you got to do. Go the extra mile. Come on, guys. We need the support. All right? I know, dude. Get on those knees and fucking do what you had. Eat some pussy. Let's go. But anyways, guys, uh, you can catch Edric at Ed2. Remember, uh, Secret Society is S-E-R-T-S-O-C-I-E-T-Y. Be a part of the family. Wear some shit that you know the the attention and detail that goes into it, and let's you know let's get back to the basics, man. Fashion basics never fucking die. Yeah, right. It's, these are statement pieces. Whenever you walk around and want, you know what's up with it, yeah. right? This isn't my merch. It's a company that I invested into because I believe in it. So if you guys fuck with it, even if you don't fuck with me, you fuck with the clothes. Yeah, I'm just real quick on the whole contemporary fashion basics, guys. So like what we're talking about is we take timeless pieces and give it an update. You know, yeah. contemporary update with the fabric, with the fit, you know, the, 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 um, uh, fuck, I just got a brain fart. <laughs> but yeah, we, we give it a contemporary update and that's what we mean by contemporary fashion basics. So it's meant to be something that you can wear every single day, no matter your gender, no matter what walk of life you're from, it's for everyone. That's why we say, whoever you are, you're one of us. Well, we'll catch you guys next time every Thursday and Sundays until January 1st. Then we go once a week. And after that, my friends, uh, I'll be with you every Sunday. Every Sunday, 12 p.m. But until then, Thursdays and Sundays. So see you all next time. S-C-R-T-S-O-C-I-E-T-Y. Junbi Matcha. J-U-N-B. Shop.com. If you guys want to get, go ahead and cop our matcha stuff or check out any of our stores and get our dope-ass drinks. And then also give me the number to your mom so <laughs> we can hook up. Me too. Yeah. Bang, 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 Tag bang, team. bang. Yeah. Tag Did team, you know baby. your girlfriend looks like your mom? <laughs> See y'all next time. Peace. Peace. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small 
Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this When you Angie that, download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.